and welcome to a new episode of the Hype Barrett Reviews. With myself, the man who never forgets to say please is Bread Roll, which means I'm joined by the man who in many occasions has been found walking naked around in a biker bar, it's JT. Oh, Bread Roll, you said you'd never tell anyone about that. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I was hoping that maybe lockdown would have broken your habit. Maybe you might not go back to it now. <laughs> well, I haven't been in a pub for a while, but maybe next time I do, maybe I'll put some clothes on. <laughs> well, with this weather, you don't want to um, get a sunburn in the wrong place, I tell you that much. <laughs> maybe I'll just readjust my mask so it's covering something else other than my face. <laughs> so, <laughs> moving on before this goes drastically out of control. <laughs> we are this week reviewing James Cameron's follow-up to last week's episode, Terminator 2 Judgment Day which came out in 1991, if you can believe it. I was about six when this came out. Hmm. And I actually went to the cinema to see this. And as we talked about Jurassic Park a couple of weeks ago, this was another film where the hype was building so much. Um, obviously, Jurassic Park was the first of a kind, whereas this was a sequel, but it was so different to the first one, wasn't it, budget-wise and everything. The first one was a bit of a sleeper shock hit that no one really knew was going to happen, but this was hyped to the max. Yeah, I mean, obviously I was quite young at the time. I wasn't aware of that until obviously I grew up a bit and got into movies. But yeah, I mean, as a sequel goes, it's pretty much is considered by many. And obviously we'll touch on a few points and give our take on it as time goes on. But it is considered by many to be the best sequel ever made and one of the best action movies ever made. And also between the time of the original Terminator, like you say, it was a bit of a runaway hit. And this, like Arnie had become the man, hadn't he? I mean, you look at the films he'd done, between the first Terminator and this one, Total Recall, Red Heat, The Running Man, Predator, Raw Deal, like all these movies, like Commandos in there, all the movies that you think of when you think of classic Arnie, we're between Terminator 1 and Terminator 2. So he was like the fucking man in Hollywood for action movies at this stage. He sure was, and a busy bloody man as well. Just mentioning all those films, fuck me, he must have never slept. Mind you, he's yeah, a no. Terminator, doesn't need to well, sleep. That's true, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, there's more on the list. He's one of those people who's always had that high work ethic, hasn't he? If you want to succeed, you've got to work hard. And, you know, you can't really argue with him because late 80s, early 90s, you couldn't fucking find a movie shop or like a rental shop that wouldn't have had one of his movies on the top shelf somewhere. Yeah, no, that's very true. I mean, he was the, the big draw. And certainly for me as well, all throughout my teenage years. And yeah, just Arnie was the man. Yeah, he was awesome. And you had the kind of, there are other good action heroes. One of like Stallone was probably the second in line. You had like your Lundgrens and all that stuff. But Arnie was just, it was something about him, like we said last week, you know, it was the accent, it was his physical presence, the whole lot of it. He was just sort of, um, like there was no one else like him, was there? And it still isn't really in the movie world. He's just, he was like one of a kind. Yeah, and I don't think you'll ever replace him. People have come and gone, and like you've mentioned a few there, and we've got the rock in that these days. Um but, yeah, no one's really going to replace Arnie, are they? Nah. I mean, just looking at this movie... I should have said Dwayne Johnson, by the way, because he's not really The Rock anymore, is he? But you know what I mean. I don't know. It depends what, like, promotion he's doing. Like, sometimes he likes to be called The Rock. We just call him Rock for Dwayne Johnson. I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this movie, I mean, as we said last week, um, Terminator 1 was a, a very low-budget, independent movie. It was a massive success. So this movie had loads of weight thrown behind it. Had a budget here of about ninety-four million, and it came back with five hundred and twenty million, according to Wikipedia. Yeah, I've got that here as well. I mean, ninety-four million is a lot, but it doesn't seem a huge, huge amount, does it? Even in the grand scheme of things, we've seen a lot more. Obviously, this film's thirty years old now, but we've certainly seen a lot more splashed out on a budget. 
Exactly, yeah. And when it makes you wonder, like, what sort of purse Arnie commanded, obviously, to be in this movie, because he was a top draw at the time. I imagine a big chunk of that went on his wages um, mm. and a few other bits. And it's quite special effect heavy as well. But, yeah, like you say, we've, we've seen movies that have, like, almost disgusting amounts of money thrown at them. But, you know, 30 years ago, maybe this money went a bit further, really. Yeah, I guess... Um... Yeah, 30 years ago, I suppose, in the grand scheme of things, 100-odd million. It says 94 to 102 here, so who knows? It's a random sort of figure. But, yeah, I suppose if you bump it up now, that's probably probably about right. But, yeah, it's very effects-heavy, and it was one of the first films to have CGI, wasn't it? And that was one of the big, big sort of things they were pushing when, before this came out. It was all over the TV, I remember, just little clips of the T-1000 and all these little melty bits he does and all that. They were going mad for that, and... When I first saw it, I was like, fucking hell, this is just the best thing I've ever seen. Yeah. So should we take a look at the film itself? Yeah, we can do. My notes are a bit sketchy. I watched this again last night. It's the first time I've seen it for a good few years, to be honest. There were massive chunks of this film that I actually had completely blanked out of my mind. It's weird. Um, It kind of opens with like a kid's playground, doesn't it? And they're all swinging. Then we get the aftermath of obviously, it's in 1997, the war. Sort yeah. of and then we sort of we cut to the footage which we saw a lot in the first Terminator film of sort of the post-apocalypse and I still thought that looked a bit ropey now it was didn't seem to have progressed too much they didn't seem to have spent much effort on the on the effects for the war scenes I don't know what you thought about that yeah I, I say yeah maybe the effects not so much because it was I mean, still practical effects wasn't it it's like the T-800s mm. where we never saw a T-800 in its skeleton form if you want to call it that in the original, we just saw the big dude come in with his minigun, wasn't he? He was obviously the stuff, but I suppose the thing to focus on here, it was the scale, wasn't it? Because you get that classic yeah. shot of the skull, and then the foot comes down and crushes it, and it pans up. Then we actually see a full-on, like, war happening, whereas the other time that we saw the future in the original, it was just tiny little skirmishes. So, again, the effects hadn't changed that much, apart from, it was just mainly the scale, I think, they presented. But it's a really cool intro, the way it kind of shows the world in its normal form in 97, then it flashes... Uh, Sarah Connor does a little overture and then we just see this massive fucking battle taking place. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. You're right. And I, I didn't think of that. Yeah, the scale of it. But the actual dropship sort of thing and the, the vehicles look very similar to the first one. Um, but then we get this sort of epic slow-mo and the close-up of the Terminator's red glowing eyes. I thought that was quite powerful for the intro. Yeah, I mean, this, as we say, like the, the Terminator theme tune is amazing, but this version of it is arguably the best. And it's the way this whole movie opens. I used to love it as a kid. And it kind of gives me goosebumps now watching it. It's that kind of nostalgia thing. I feel like Jurassic Park in a way when that music kind of kicks in. But yeah, when you see like all the fire and then the Terminator's kind of face appearing in the fire with his eyes just staring directly at the screen, it is pretty like, man, we're going to, you know, we're in for some fucking <laughs> tough shit going on now. Yeah, it's quite menacing, isn't it? And then... This this made me laugh again. So we cut to the sort of opening scene when the Terminator arrives, Arnie, the first one. It's very similar to the, the first film, isn't it? We get the lightning effects and everything, and it looks a little bit better than it did in the first one. Arnie arrives all naked, although we don't get to see his todger this time. He'd obviously um, <laughs> decided that once was enough for that. Um, and then it's quite funny. He walks into that bar, and he's obviously naked. And he does the classic line, and all the women are just sort of, staring at him on they look very impressed they're all looking down so obviously he's still um swinging around down there but we just don't get to see it ourselves yeah i mean this is such a cool scene as well like you say 
when the first Terminator came out as an 18 rated, this one has always been a 15 as far as I'm aware. But yeah, we don't actually see his todge. And another thing about Arnie's physique as well, he chiseled down a bit by this movie, hadn't he? Like he'd, his jawline and his sort of, he's still fucking massive, don't get me wrong, but he was a bit more chiseled in his physique. He wasn't quite the powerhouse he looked like in the first movie. But the thing that gets me about this fucking scene is he walks in and it's like a biker bar full of really hardcore Hell's Angels guys. And they've got like fucking boxcar Willie playing on the jukebox. <laughs> you'd expect him to have like fucking Metallica or something playing. I'm not, I'm not a big Metallica fan, but that's the sort of music you'd expect from a place like that, isn't it? And they got some little fucking country and Western thing going on. Yeah, yeah, I guess maybe it's the, the part of the states they're in. I don't know. Where's this? Set? It's Los Angeles, isn't it? So yeah, Pasadena, expect, I think, isn't it? Yeah, you'd expect a bit more, bit more rocky or heavy music. Yeah, it's good, good show actually, bread roll. But he completely fucks these guys up in the bar. Um, and Rexy, obviously, um, the one who he sort of corners, his clothes fit him again. And there's no way his clothes would have fitted the same as the first one. That guy's nowhere near the same physique as Arnie, is he? no he's not and they do try to kind of justify in this one because you actually see his vision don't we and he's sort of looking yes. around the room like you say all the women are like eyeing him up and staring at old mini arnie and stuff and he kind of like he sort of like tracks this guy's clothes which you assume he's thinking right these clothes are going to fit me because in the first one he beats up those three punks that are like half his size yet their yeah. clothes fit him and again it's like this dude he's talking to is like yeah your clothes your boots and your motorcycle <laughs> but yeah this guy's a big guy but again he's not arnie is he he's nowhere near as big as arnie like muscular wise no, but yeah, obviously he gets his clothes and everything and he goes to make a run from the bar and then he gets on the bike and the guy comes out and he's like, I can't let you take that motorcycle. And this bit, I love it. The way Arnie like goes to fuck him up and then just takes his sunglasses. I think it's fucking brilliant. I'd forgotten about that. It's kind of like a little touch in it where he flicks out the, the arm of the sunglasses and puts them on and he's got the leathers on and everything. He's, he's like the Terminator, isn't he? <laughs> It is, yeah. I mean, that's like the classic look for the Terminator now, isn't it? But there's two things about this scene that kind of annoy me as time's gone on. One, the sunglasses would not have suited the guy who had them. They were there for no. placement just so Arnie could grab them and put them on because they look amazing on Arnie. But this is like, no offence to the guy, he's just a little fat grey guy, isn't he? And he's a nice <laughs> little like burgundy shirt and stuff. Why would he be wearing a pair of like badass sunglasses? That's and true. two, I know obviously we find stuff out a bit later on, but in the original movie... He hasn't, like, we know what's going to happen later on in this movie. The Terminator, he gets reprogrammed, T-800. But at this stage, he would have just fucking butchered those people because he's a Terminator, isn't he? Like, he doesn't yeah. kill anyone at this stage. He does obviously fuck them up pretty badly. Like, he breaks one of them's arm, throws another one through, like, a fucking window and shit. But he would have just, like, beaten the shit out of them and, like, probably killed them all at this stage. Yeah, that's a good shout, actually, because... Obviously, later on, as we, we'll talk about, and as you just said there, sort of John Connor mellows him out a bit. But yeah, at this point, he would have just fucking butchered them. Yeah, good shout, actually, Brad. I didn't think of that. Um, we now get our first sort of sighting of the, the T-1000. He comes uh, again in a blaze of lightning and stuff and everything. And he's managed to um, carve a perfect round circle in his fence, hasn't he? He comes through. <laughs> it's pretty fucking perfect circle. It's, it's quite impressive. But the old um, the copper's looking for him. He's got his torch out and everything. And um, the T-1000 basically kills a cop, nicks his clothes, and actually they fit as well. But he's a bit more, well, he's intimidating, isn't he? But he's not a big guy. Oh, is it Robert Patrick, his name, isn't it? It is, yeah. And I always thought, like, because like we said in the original, like, originally Lance Henriksen was going to be the Terminator because he's a more of a, an average look. Like, the Terminator, by design, is an infiltration unit, isn't he? He's there to blend in and shit, whereas Arnie sticks yeah. out like a sore dick. Whereas, um, obviously, this kind of probably goes back to the original design. Robert Patrick 
will blend in because he's a normal sized bloke, but he's still pretty fucking scary. He's got this menacing stare, hasn't he? And he's like, his kind of yeah. demeanor is really freaky, but in physicality, he just looks average. So he kind of, you think, how's this guy going to do anything against Arnie, who's like twice his size? Obviously, we find out later. Yeah, you're right. It, it's it's all about his persona and his his look, isn't it, rather than his pure size, because he does look sinister, but he's quite a slight guy. He's not very well built at all, but he's got a really menacing look. And I think that's credit to Robert Patrick, the way he played this part. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think this is, I think, the first movie I ever saw Robert Patrick in. And over the years, yeah. I've become a pretty big fan of his work. But I always, every time I see him in something, I'm like, yeah, it's a T-1000, here we go. No matter what he's in, it's always <laughs> like, yeah, that guy was a T-1000. He's never going to live that down, is he? I mean, he's gone on to other things, but he's always going to be known as that. And fair play, it's not a bad thing to be known as. And as I just said, he plays it really, really well. Just before we cut to the next scene, he, he's in the, the police cars and then he finds out John Connor, he's got a bit of a police record. So he kind of finds out a bit about him and where he lives. Um, and now we get introduced to John Connor and his foster parents. And to be honest, they're all dicks, aren't they? I mean, Connor's a bit of a tearaway kid he probably would be with the shit he's been through with his mum and everything and his foster parents are complete arseholes aren't they one of them's Vasquez isn't it his mum's foster mom. yeah that's true yeah and his dad's just a, a bit well foster dad's a bit of a dick they don't really seem to care about him too much but I guess that's the way that they're played in this film um but yeah you, you don't really have much time for them and luckily they're not in it too much no and we sort of see him like you say he's a bit of a kind of like, like you say, a tearaway kid. He's dressed in that kind of like rocky, punky thing. He's got like a little fucking scrambler motorbike and stuff. I tell you what, as, as a kid, I used to love John Connor in this movie because I've, as a kid, obviously you're watching it, you think, oh, I'd love to be him because he gets to be friends with a Terminator and do all this stuff. Nowadays, he fucking irritates me. I cannot stand him. He's so <laughs> squeaky and annoying. He fucking drives me up the wall at old Eddie Furlong. It's his first movie. Um, he didn't do many before. Obviously, his career went a bit wonky, but... um. Yeah, he just fucking irritates the shit out of me now. Yeah, I kind of get what you, you mean. I mean, when I first saw this, I was a teenager. So I say I went to the cinema to see it, and I didn't even really gel with him at that point because I was a bit older. Um, he's not terrible in it, but yeah, he is quite annoying. But I guess he's there. I mean, we're going to talk about some other films in a few weeks. We've, they've got annoying children in as well. So he's not <laughs> quite as annoying as that one. But yeah, he's got his place, hasn't he? And he, he tries... As I'm going to talk about, I'm sure you will, as the film goes on, he almost tries to bring a comedy element to the film, doesn't he, in places, which I'm not sure works in a Terminator film. No, I could see why the choice was there, because there's like some key parts later on where we learn... One thing this does really well as a sequel is it kind of expands on the lore and what, mm. what Terminators actually are and what they can and can't do. And I think, obviously, his... <clears throat> Excuse me, frog in my throat. Um, I think <laughs> his kind of naivety and his young young sort of fun demeanor as a child i suppose is a kind of parallel against what a terminator is and how they're programmed and obviously how the two kind of merge together as they spend time together so i think from that point of view it's a great job by cameron it's just over the years i think the performance is just sort of graded on me slightly just obviously just things change as you grow up and i view it from a different way now but it wasn't bad for the time and it's not a dreadful performance he's just a bit irritating yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of that goes down to the script writing rather than old Ed Furlong. But anyway, we get our first sighting of Sarah Connor now. Um, and she's in a psychiatric hospital. And your mate, old doctor, whatever his name is. Oh, <laughs> That's him. He's um, he's pretty much telling her she's crazy. She's still going on about the Terminators. And still nobody believes her at this point, do they? They're just not interested in her story. And there's a guy in this scene, the blonde guy, who gets his comeuppance a bit later on. 
But um, he gives us some meds. What a fucking hairstyle he's got. It's like fucking some kind of bouffon thing going on. He's got his big <laughs> Timmy Mallet chunky glasses. And if people don't know who Timmy Mallet is, Google him. Um, and his fucking crazy bouffon hairstyle. It's like he hasn't progressed from the 80s, even though this is early 90s, this film. I thought he was amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's certainly a, it's certainly a do, isn't it? I mean, I don't know if I can handle if I could pull off having a style like that myself, but fair play that he, he rocks it for what it's worth, doesn't he? He sure does. He must spend a fair old time blow drying that because that's, that's definitely been coiffured into place. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is very early nineties. So I imagine like the hairspray was still in full effect back then as well. Yeah, that's true. Actually, even for the guys. Anyway, old um, T-1000 now pulls up at John Connor's house, but he's not there. He's fucked off with his mate on a mo- on his little motorbike. I can't speak. I'm just getting as bad as you, bread roll there. No frog in my throat. <laughs> he's fucked off on his motorbike, but the old foster parents, although obviously the T-1000 stresses a cop, they're like, oh, he's in trouble again and everything. And they just hand over a picture of him. They're like, yeah, here's a picture of him. And he's like, oh, can I keep that? Yeah, why not? You know, they, they don't really seem to care about this kid. And I know they think this guy's a cop, but even so, they're a bit blasé about the whole thing, aren't they? Yeah, they are. And again, like I say, he's assumed like the identity. It, it makes me laugh as well, knowing that the T-1000 is obviously the villain. The spoiler alert. When he pulls up, it focuses on that line on the car, doesn't it? It's like to serve and protect. It's like, fuck yeah. off, this guy's a Terminator. He ain't going to serve and protect anyone, is he, really? But yeah, the way they just hand over the picture. And again, it kind of harkens back to the original. Of, like At first, the Terminator didn't know what Sarah Connor looked like. Now, obviously, the T-1000 has managed to find out his address, find him this far, and now he's got a picture of him. So on the hunt, he's pretty much one step ahead right now, isn't he? Yeah. And they make that comment as well of like, oh, there was a big guy on a bike looking for him earlier. Mm. It's like, it's fucking Arnie turned up at your house, like in his fucking leathers and stuff. It's like, <laughs> hey, there's John Connor there. Would you, you know, you'd be sorry, saying a bit more. You'd probably call the police, wouldn't you? Be like, a big fucking dude just came here looking for my 10-year-old, you know, foster son. And they just don't yeah. seem to give a shit. No, because um, I think even old uh, Robert Patrick goes, oh, yeah, don't worry about him. Because they, they say something about, oh, there's a big guy on a bike. You know, uh, is he involved? And he went, oh, no, don't worry about him. He's not going to be in any trouble or something like that. So I guess that maybe eases them off. So they think the, the copper's going to sort out Arnie. But you'd be like, so what's this guy got to do with anything? I'd certainly be asking a few more questions if that was my child. Yeah, definitely. And I've always wondered, like, ever since I was a kid, like, the look that, um, obviously, T-1000 gives, and he's like, oh, don't worry about him. Do you reckon at this point he suspects that that might be a Terminator or a protector of some kind? Because they obviously don't come face-to-face until a little bit later on. Do you reckon yeah. he knows ahead of time that there may be a Terminator here, or if he's just thinking, oh, don't give a shit, no one's going to get in my way? Um, I got the impression that he does know. I think he would know. Um just harping back to the first one, everything where two are sent. I think it's kind of like a given that two go back at any one time. So yeah, I reckon he, I reckon he knows. He just thinks he's too hardcore and Arnie's not a problem. Um, but obviously, we find out a bit later on that he, he is. Spoiler alert. Um, so we cut to John Connor now, and um, his mate has got the best mullet, hasn't he? His little fucking oh, mate. I don't know what his name is, <laughs> but his mullet is incredible. They're fucking about on John's bike, and his hairstyle is just awesome. This He's is about as ginger they, um... as can be, though, isn't he? How fucking ginger is this kid? <laughs> yeah, and they, they do over a cash point, don't they? John Connor's got this little thing that can get pin numbers out. He's obviously got a card, and he gets the pin number, and they take some money out. And they're, they're having a great day, John Connor and his little mullet, mate. Yeah, I mean, I always thought, again, as a kid watching this, a bit younger than yourself at the time, but I was just thinking, oh, man, that'd be so cool. Obviously, ripping people off nowadays, you wouldn't think about it, but I'm thinking, oh, look, he's just like, stolen loads of money, and he's going to go to an arcade, and he's 
driving around LA, which looks so picturesque in this movie, doesn't it? I mean, I know LA yeah. is, is obviously supposed to be quite a beautiful place anyway, but everything about this, like seeing Arnie riding around on his like Harley, seeing John Connor zipping around, just like, man, this is such a picturesque town. And they probably shot it that way to make you kind of like feel when they happen to like you know look how beautiful this area is and then we see the future scenes where it's always destroyed in bits and pieces but yeah i used to always think oh man i'd love to be like john connor right now you know just having loads of money and being able to fuck around and do whatever i want yeah yeah no i agree so we get we go back to sarah connor now um and she has like some kind of vision doesn't she where she sees uh kyle reese so michael b makes a little cameo now um and he's in the hospital with her, talking to her and stuff. And then he, he sort of walks out and she goes running after him. We get some slow-mo. There is quite a lot of slow-mo in this film. Um, after none in the first one, we get quite a lot in this <laughs> film. But she goes running after him in slow-mo. And she ends up back at the, the playground again. We saw at the start. And she's shaking the sort of... I don't know if this is the point where she sees herself and the little John Connor, because that happens a little bit later on. I don't know if she does in this scene as well. But she's trying to warn the people and then the nuke hits again and there's the big flash. And she keeps having that sort of vision and that flashback, doesn't she? She does, yeah. And I swear this scene was restored in the T-1000 edition because I don't ever remember it being in the move, in the version when I was a kid watching it like on VHS. I swear this is one of the restored ones. So like you say, this kind of nightmare of hers becomes her driving force, doesn't it? She has this reoccurring nightmare that the world's going to end unless she can do something. And her character in this compared to what she was like in the first one is such a transformation isn't it like she looks just looks so aggressive and badass and haunted now like she she carries the burden of the future and she really does it well like how michael bean played reese like he always looked like quite a haunted character in the first one but she looks obviously like she's just got a driven purpose and she's just the polar opposite of what she was like in the first one yeah you're right and that's testament to linda hamilton's acting i think and also she's made up to look sort of quite gaunt and withdrawn, isn't she, as well? So they've, they've done a good job with that. Um, we, we see her again now, and she's watching herself being evaluated. She's watching videos of herself, and she's got a cigarette here that would do old Samuel Jackson proud in Jurassic Park. <laughs> it's burning right down, I noticed, when I watched this last night. I was like, oh, you, you do old uh, SJ proud there. But, um, yeah, she's got old Silverman talking to her and stuff, and... Um, He's basically told her that if she's well behaved and everything, in six months she might be able to go to a sort of less secure place, less secure unit, and she wants to see her son. She's sort of thinking she needs to see him to sort the future out, I guess. But he's not having any of it, is he? He's like he's sort of he's a bit of an arsehole, isn't he? As you said last week, he kind of bigs her up and everything and gets her hopes up and goes, actually, you can fuck off. You're not going anywhere. Yeah, he's like, no, I'm just gonna, you know, keep you in night. Oh, it's like maximum security or something for however long. And then she just flips out, doesn't she? Like dives across the table and starts fucking going. It takes like three guys to catch her. But yeah, he is a complete wanker. And like we see like how bad the orderlies are in this hospital. It's really putting the barriers up to show what Sarah's fighting against. You know, like she's just going through so much turmoil physically and mentally at this stage. Yeah. And their, their basic, their comeback is to restrain her and drug her, isn't it? They're not taking any notice of what she's saying. They just think she's completely flipped and they just want to sedate her all the time. Yeah, because so. isn't this also the bit as well where we're like, she's when she's pretending like she's like, oh, the Terminators aren't real, she's trying to sort of play possum, isn't she? Yes, and she they're is. like, And they're like, um, oh, so you don't believe that the company covered it up? And they're like, no, no, why would they? And then we actually get a shot of Cyberdyne now, don't we, where we meet Miles Dyson. And we see that yeah, he's got do. like the arm and the chip from the original movie. 
That's right, yeah. And I always forget about Dyson. He's quite a pivotal character, but I just always forget he's in this film. I don't know why, because he, he plays a big part. Um, yeah, he's got he's got the chip. And again, this is going back to those sort of 30, 40-year-old films where the technology to get in there, he's got this other key and two people have to turn it at the same time. There's little things he has to do. And it's quite funny, isn't it, how they sort of perceived maximum security would be kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in some ways you can kind of think, yeah, that might be what it is. But compared to what it is nowadays, definitely not. You know, just be like thumbprint and all kinds, you know, whatever going on. But he's there, like I say, two people have to turn it. They count down to three and turn it left and all this sort of like fucking CIA sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah, it is a bit. But yeah, like like um, I just said, I always forget older Dyson. I don't know why. But Sarah Connor's still asking older Silverman or whatever his name is, if she can see her son as he's in great danger. But no, he's definitely not having it at all. Um, so she's definitely got to stay for another six months, which, as you just said, does not go down well at all. So we cut back to old uh, Connor now in Mullet Boy, who's, I don't know if you know his name in the film, but we just call him Mullet Boy, unless you know it. Uh, something really basic, like Tom or Tim or something like that. But Mullet Boy does it. I think that's good. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, on, they're on the bike. Um, and you kind of get a clip of Arnie now, and he spots them. I think he's on like a parallel street, isn't he? And he spots them. And he sort of goes after them and just causes a random car crash as he decides to divert where he was going. There's just a crash behind him and no one seems to pay any attention to it. Yeah, and obviously he doesn't flinch because he doesn't give a fuck, does he? But I love, yeah, he just like turns around in the middle of the street and these two, again, it's those really generically square American cars, aren't they? They're not like anything special. It's just that typical movie car that they had back then. They just crash. Yeah. You've got the old T-1000 as well. He's on the case. So we get to... um. Oh, John Connor and Mullet Boy now. They're at the Galleria, I think they call it, but it's just an arcade, and I guess that's an American name for it. And they're playing this some cool, like, early 90s arcade games you see people playing. I think Asteroids is one of them. Yeah. And they were playing the arcade games. The T-1000 sort of staking the place out. And Mullet Boy, again, another movie coincidence. I'm just going to go off and get some quarters. So he buggers off, leaves JC on his own, and uh, the T-1000 comes up to him. And he's like, um, have you seen this guy? He shows him the picture of John Connor. And he's like, no. So he goes running off to, to old Connor and tips him off. But the T-1000 now is kind of casing a joint, isn't he? He knows the score. He knows he's there. Yeah, because I think we get a shot. Because like, obviously T-1000's got the picture, hasn't he? So he's like showing mm. people. Yeah. That's why like, they look up and like, one guy's like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's right over there. And then straight away, I love the way Robert Patrick's... Cause Obviously, as an infiltrator, he's a bit more human in this, isn't he? Like, he has facial expressions, almost a bit of a personality when he's talking with people. He he does pass as human. As soon as yeah. he spots John Connor, he just goes into, like, fucking hunter mode, doesn't he? He looks serious and sinister, fucking batters people out of the way and starts chasing him. Yeah, John Connor makes his way into, like, this sort of back corridor sort of thing. And um, he runs into Arnie. I love this bit, though. Arnie's coming towards him, and obviously... You see Arnie running towards you and his leathers and stuff, his big unit. You're going to shit your pants. And he's got this, like, box of roses, hasn't he? Like a long box. And you've got Robert Patrick coming down from one end after John Connor, Arnie in front of him. And Arnie just pulls his shotgun out of the flowers and they fall to the ground in slow motion. Another slow motion, but it's good this time. And he's just like, good down. And he just fucking pumps the shotgun into Robert Patrick, doesn't he? He does, yeah. And that is a great scene. I fucking love that. Like, yeah. Again, it's slow motion, but it's done well to give that dramatic effect. Because I suppose, I mean, obviously, I was young at the time. I don't know if you remember, but with the advertising, at this stage, were the audience knowing that Arnie was the good guy in this movie? 
Because until this stage, like John Connor had never seen either of them, and they're both fucking pointing guns at the same time. It's like, yeah. right, which one's actually after him at this stage? Because we're used to obviously, or the audience would have been used to Arnie as the Hunter Terminator, and we haven't yeah. actually seen at this stage Robert Patrick kill anyone. I mean, all you see him is like punch that cop at the start. Obviously, we know he probably killed him with his stabby bits, but yeah, but you don't see up it. until yeah. So I wonder if in the back in the day, if people knew at this point in time, Arnie was the good guy this time round. Do you know what? I really can't remember if it was given away or whether it was one of those I'm your father plot twist moments. Um, I, I don't know, Brad, I was the honest truth. I can't remember if, if we knew beforehand. I think we probably did. I don't think it was a big shock. I don't remember it being a shock. Um, but that doesn't mean that it was. You know, I, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't a big secret. But there we go. We'll have to ask people who might have a better memory than me. I've had a few beers since I last saw this, or well, since I first saw it, <laughs> so I really can't remember. But yeah, the bit this is where we get the first sort of part of the, the special effects that they really went to town on. Arnie puts a few shotgun bullets into old uh, Robert Patrick, and you get the metallic sort of bullet holes, and then they heal. And it looks a bit shit in this scene. It's probably the worst time we see it, and it's the first time we saw it, and it looked really shoddy. I thought, but. As the film goes on, they really fucking emphasise the fact they could do these effects, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, I, I watched the the most modern version, so it's the remastered Blu-ray version. I thought it looked pretty faster than it's on Blu-ray if you're watching the DVD. But yeah, it, it's starting to show its age. But I tell you what, this movie overall does hold up in a lot of places as the movie goes on. But this is obviously the big reveal of what this Terminator is. Obviously, he like he's liquefied, so all kind of like splurges back and looks like, you know, he wasn't touched in the first place. So this was like a big kind of almost a money shot for the movie, wasn't it? It's like, fuck, who the hell is this guy? And what is he made out of compared to Arnie, as yeah. we know, which is a big fucking walking tank, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And they, as I say, they went to town on these effects and they, they do get better as the movie goes on. I did feel a bit sorry for the poor janitor guy as well, because there's a janitor in this corridor and he get, kind of gets caught up in a crossfire and gets taken out. And I thought, Poor guy, you know, he's just doing his job, just, you know, sweeping the corridors or whatever, and he ends up in fucking Terminator Crossfire. Yeah. I always thought it looked like he actually kind of walked into the middle of it as um, T-1000 started <laughs> shooting there. I was like, why don't you stay against the wall? But yeah, you know, again, it's collateral damage in these movies, isn't it? But yeah, you do feel sorry. He's just trying to earn a living and he's just been fucking splodged by two Terminators, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, he's got no chance, has he? But T-1000 and Arnie now have a bit of a fight. and John Connor manages to escape on his bike while all this is going on. Um, but the old T-1000 now, Robert Patrick, he hijacks a truck, doesn't he, just randomly? And it's, if I remember rightly, I only watched this last night. It's a bit like Arnie in the first film. Doesn't he go, get out? But obviously not quite Arnie style. Yeah, well, it's, it just grabs the guy, doesn't he? Like launches him into the street pretty much. But it, the thing is, is like this is kind of like showing now... The advancement, obviously, like the Terminators, they go in models. Then you got T eight hundred, which is Arnie. Then the T one thousand, and it's like when they first, like him and Arnie, have that fight. Even though Robert Patrick's half the size, he pretty much like beats the shit out of him, doesn't he? Like throws him through walls, and he picks Arnie up and launches him through a fucking window. And it's like when you're watching it, I was like, as a kid, because it's probably my first thing by seeing Arnie, and I'm like, how the fuck is he throwing Arnie around? Like the guy's a <laughs> tank, and he's just been launched. Now you're kind of thinking. Man, whatever this Terminator is, he's, he fucking means business, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. And that's, like say, the advancement as well, because he's a lot more human looking and technically tougher and more resilient than Arnie. The fact that he can self-heal, whereas Arnie has to kind of patch himself together, doesn't he? Yeah. 
but yeah, but that bit where like John Connor takes off on his bike and the T one thousand starts sprinting, and nearly catches him. It's just like mm. you know, this guy's like he's going to be even worse than the original Terminator, and he was obviously relentless. Yeah, and I love Robert Patrick's face. He does this a few times in the film. He does these sort of like sprints, and his face is just so focused. He just sort of stares, and his head just doesn't move. It's very still as he's running. He looks fucking menacing. Yeah, yeah, he is pretty fucking scary. This is quite an iconic sort of um, sequence as well now. This is a bit that was definitely shown a lot in the trailers and before the film was released. We get the sort of iconic chase now, don't we, down that kind of, I don't know what they're called. They're very prominent in LA, and I remember them from the GTA games. They're like viaducts or something, aren't they? I don't know what you're supposed to call them. Yeah, I don't know what it's like formed up. It's called like the LA River, isn't it? Is that what I'm thinking? Yeah. That sort of thing, like the... um... Like a spillway almost. Yeah, yeah, like an overflow. I don't know what it is anyway, but it's it's quite an iconic scene, isn't it? So you've got John Connor on his little bike. You've got Arnie on his fucking great big bike and the old T-1000 in the truck. And they're all chasing each other. And there's there's one bit, though, that bugs me in this scene. Like, T-1000, he sort of drives into the back of John Connor's tyre, doesn't he, on his bike. There's no way he'd have stayed on that bike with a fucking truck driving into the back of it. No, I mean, it's only a shitty little fucking scrambler thing. You know, like, yeah. I don't know what it's supposed to be. It's like one of those little dirt bikes, but it can't be more than like a one, two, five. And this big fucking like six wheeler truck coming at you <laughs> like God knows how many miles now. Yeah, he'd have been straight under and smushed. But obviously the movie would have ended pretty quickly if that was the case, like like many of these flaws <laughs> in these films. But yeah, that bit always used to piss me off. And there's another bit. Again, it's a famous shot when Arnie jumps off like the high rise, doesn't he? And he like lands and lands in the same sort of level as them. And it's a big slow motion jump. But he's driving a Harley Davidson and that would have just fucking fallen apart, jumping off a big fucking <laughs> thing like that. It would have just completely like disintegrated on that landing. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They're not made for that sort of thing, are they? They're not stunt bikes. But and it ends up with um Arnie getting John Connor onto the back of his Harley. Um and they manage to get away and the, the truck crashes quite dramatically into this bridge, doesn't it? And it explodes. And then we get the T one thousand emerging from the flames. He's like liquid. And that, that's quite a badass scene, I thought. Yeah, that still looks really good today. And again, this crash isn't slow motion. They do that kind of full speed crash, don't they, in the top view yeah. of the truck hitting. And again, I like that. that he didn't. There is slow motion in this, but it isn't done to excess like we get with modern day movies. So yeah, this is, I just remember as a kid, I just thought, you know, and even today, this is such an awesome chase sequence. It's just badass and I absolutely love it. And that bit where the T-1000 comes out of the fire, again, it's just that reminiscence of, Terminators rising from fire. It seems to be an image that people, James Cameron liked with these movies and it works so well. Yeah, a truck exploding and then the Terminator coming out of fire. It's a, it's a theme he used well. <laughs> <laughs> so we've now got uh, John Connor on the back of Arnie's uh, Harley. The old T-1000's out of action for the time being. They managed to escape from him for, for not very long, but they're, they're sort of away from him for a bit. And we sort of get the first, this is the first sort of conversation that John's managed to have with Arnie, isn't it? I mean, up until now, it's all been kind of shoot and run and just fucking go with the flow. But he sort of asks him a few questions. Now he asks him if he's a Terminator. Um, and they have a bit of a sort of chat. Arnie tells him that it was actually John Connor who sent him back 35 years from now, which kind of spins him out a little bit. Um, but this, like I say, this is the first sort of conversation they've managed to have since they met, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is good. And you can imagine, like, John Connor, like, just obviously he knows these things. He, his mum obviously told him everything since birth, pretty much. And then, obviously, after she got incarcerated, he's been made to think that she was just a lunatic. But obviously, mm. now he's witnessed it. He's kind of like thinking, shit, everything my mum said is real. 
I love that obviously we still got the at this point in the game, Arnie's still really deadpan, isn't he, as a Terminator yes. and stuff. And he's just like Cyberdyne Systems Model One or One, <laughs> and he's just like keeps that really heavy robotic kind of like conversation. Yeah, yeah, he does. Um, it cuts quickly now. I think there's a little scene where the old T1000 manages to nick another uh, cop car. So he's got wheels again now, and he's back in action. Um, and Arnie's telling John Connor that basically the T1000's a lot more advanced than than Arnie is. And he, he's sort of liquid metal and stuff, and he can self-repair, and he's pretty fucking badass. And, you know, Arnie's there to protect him, but this guy's pretty fucking hardcore, isn't he? Yeah, because he's like, um, Arnie's like saying, you know, he's got onboard weapons, so basically he can form like knives and stabbing weapons. He's like the perfect assassin. And then I, the, uh, John's like, oh, what are we going to do? He's like, I just need to get you as far away as possible. Because obviously the T-800, in its own mind, I suppose, if you call it that, knows it's probably outclassed at this point. So he's like, my mission is to protect John, so I'm just going to fucking get him as far away as I can from the T-1000 because it's just too fucking dangerous. Yeah, and this this bit's quite cool, actually. John Connor phones his foster parents, and he's freaked out because his mum's actually being nice to him for once. So he's kind of thinking, you know, is this actually my foster mum because she's normally a bitch? Um, and you see the dog out there, and I think the dog's called Max, isn't he? Yeah. Um, so Arnie talks, grabs the phone and intimidates, in, what's the word? I can't think of the word. Impersonates. <laughs> I, couldn't think, I was going to say intimidates. Oh, that ain't the word. He, he does that as well. He does, yeah. He impersonates John Connor's voice, which again is quite funny. We saw him do it in the first film when he was um, Sarah Connor's mum, didn't we? And he's um, he, he calls the dog Wolfie. Is Wolfie okay? And the mum says, yeah, Wolfie's fine. So then straight away they know, well, Arnie knows, that he just turns around to John Connor's like, your foster parents are dead and <laughs> we see um older uh, his mum is actually really the t1000 and his fingers grown into this massive sort of spike hasn't it and he's got the dad spiked to the fridge it's quite cool I, i've always liked this bit he's got like a carton of milk and it's gone right through that right through his mouth and out the back of his head hasn't it yeah and i thought that was awesome and then we see that transformation don't we like he pulls the they like the spike or whatever out and then transforms yeah. from the mum um obviously vasquez into himself and I was just like he's just badass and just like fucking out this guy is sinister as you like isn't he yeah I mean that that is cool and Arnie can in, impersonate voices but this guy can actually fucking turn into other people he, he's pretty much unstoppable isn't he when you think about it yeah this is um this is quite a sad bit now though because the T-1000 goes over to where the dog is he's outside in like a little kennel sort of thing I think it's behind like a fence and um I'm assuming he kills the dog because you see, he pulls its collar off and you see a bit of blood on the collar. And he, he sees the dog's actually called Max and not Wolfie. So then he knows that he's been sort of tricked the other end, doesn't he? Yeah, I kind of like this, the way like the two Terminators... Obviously, they're both infiltration units and they both have a few tricks up their sleeves. Now, they're programmed to be assassins, aren't they? So they kind of play each other off. And I always thought that was um really good. There's actually a scene here. Now, you may have had it in your version, but I know it was very recently restored into the remastered one where this is the only time we see the T-1000 kind of doing anything other than hunting. And he goes into John Connor's room and he's like running his hands all over the wall and he's like looking at the fish tank and it's kind of like, it's really weird the way he's do doing it, but the way Robert Patrick plays it is amazing. And he's just like touching everything in John Connor's room, almost like he's trying to figure out, like trying to like absorb something mm. from the surroundings just to try and think like, if I was John Connor, where would I go? And it's one of the only times, like I say, you see him doing anything other than hunting someone down. Do you know what? Um, I don't think that was in the version I watched yesterday. I, I was 
talked to you before we started recording, <laughs> I managed to get hold of a two-pound DVD from CEX to watch this because, as has happened to us a couple of times now, I've gone to watch this on bloody Netflix or Prime and it's disappeared or you now have to pay for it. Um, so I watched um, a DVD of it last night. So I don't work for CEX, but they came to the rescue again. Um, so if you want to, <laughs> if you want to sponsor us, CEX, you know, we'll, we'll talk about you every episode. Um, so I'm not sure that bit was in the version I watched. I don't remember seeing it, and I only watched it last night. So no, I don't think that was in my version. No, fair enough. I mean, it just I, I think it was added at much later days. I say this got remastered a couple of years ago, and I was lucky enough managed to go to the cinema because they played it for a short term, so I got to see it on the big screen. I just remember the scene standing out. So I shit i've never seen this before but what we learned later in the movie about like terminators being learning computers and stuff i just thought it was a good addition because it kind of sees the t1000 doing his own thing outside of his mission i just think mm. it was just a good little bit of character building because otherwise he doesn't have a he is characteristic like he's got charm and stuff but normally every time we see him he's trying to fucking kill someone we don't see him do anything other than other than that really yeah you're right yeah he is pretty relentless isn't he <laughs> throughout the whole film we we cut back to um Sarah Connor now, and I think she's with Silverman, your mate, and he's telling her that John Connor's missing and his foster parents have been murdered. And this is where she um, she sneaks a paperclip, doesn't she? And this paperclip seems to be the most useful thing in the history of the fucking world because it really <laughs> helps her out, doesn't it? It does. It pretty much like sets up the whole next sequence of the movie. <laughs> One fucking paperclip. I mean, I know she obviously learned some skills. We can see she's a bit more rugged now, but fuck me. I mean, if I could do stuff like that with a paperclip, I'd be in a different profession. Yeah, exactly. I was watching this last night thinking, fuck me, that paperclip is more useful than a gun, isn't it, really? <laughs> <laughs> so we, with John Connor's telling Arnie about his mum and that no one believed her, and Arnie basically turns around and says the t is going to go and terminate her, which obviously John is not happy about that, like he wouldn't be. Um, and he sort of says, we've got to go and get my mum. And Arnie's not really interested, but he's worked out by now that Arnie's pretty much got to do what he says, hasn't he? So he's like, you will come with me and we will fucking free my mum, basically. Yeah, this bit was um, is where like, a bit of the comedy comes into mm. this movie, doesn't it? Because he makes Arnie stand on one leg, doesn't he? So he stood there like a fucking melon on one fucking leg. And these two guys come over and say, oh, are you OK, kid? So you saw him struggling and stuff. And Arnie's just there on one leg. And I always just thought that bit was fucking hilarious. Yeah, he makes Arnie sort of, punch these guys he doesn't kill them or anything but he's pretty much it is beck and cool and he arnie will do whatever he says he's got his own fucking terminator which um would be pretty damn awesome wouldn't it but yeah you're it right would. about the comedy bit it's, it's it's not too bad here but it did start to grate on me as the film went on because we do get a few little bits like that don't we we do yeah there's one in particular that's a little bit ridiculous um this bit also is quite integral to the relationship that john and the terminator are going to have because arnie pulls out a gun doesn't he, he goes to shoot mm. one of the dudes and john's like no no don't do that and he's like jesus you're going to kill that guy and he's like well of course i'm a terminator yeah. he's like, no you can't kill people you know that's one thing you just can't do and he's just like why because you can't kill people <laughs> why and he's just asking it's like the one thing he was created to do he's now being told he can't do and it's just like but that becomes quite a big dynamic of what john tries to teach him as the movie goes on yeah and i did like that i've actually got it in my notes it's like because i'm a tiamanita it's fucking brilliant i love that it's just <laughs> it so is a great line isn't it <laughs> yeah no that is good i did enjoy that a bit um so yeah john basically says right we're gonna get my fucking mom and he orders arnie to help him so um arnie's arnie's on his way as well and poor old Sarah Connor now, she's properly strapped to a bed, isn't she? She's like fucking strapped down and everything. They think she's completely round the twist. And um, the T-1000's also on his way. So it's kind of a race between who's going to get there first, Arnie and John or the T-1000. And now we get old um, 
blonde Buffon guy makes another appearance and he licks her face, doesn't he? He's given her some more her face. He's just a fucking creep. Every movie we talk about has one of these fucking creeps in it and he's this movie's creep, isn't he? He is. He's fucking horrible. And it, even as a kid, I mean, obviously growing up and you hear about horror stories about people that are in obviously a position of kind of like protection for people and how obviously they were quite abusive. But yeah, the way he licks her and I, earlier on, we see him and that other guy kind of beating the shit out of her to make her take her meds and that. And you, find, you think, fucking out, this guy deserves what he's going to fucking get in the next sort of like 10 minutes or so. Yeah, exactly that. Um, so he buggers off anyway, Buffon, man. And she's got the paperclip. She had it in her mouth the whole time. Um, and she manages to unlock all the straps with this paperclip pretty much. So there's its first purpose. It does pretty well there. Um and then she also picks the lock with it as well, doesn't she? So this, as I said, this paperclip serves a bloody good service for her. Yeah, exactly. And not being funny, I mean, just going a little bit in further there, like the doors they have in these hospitals and stuff, they're not your average, like, shitty little fucking lock. They're like these proper, like, um, they're like bolt locks, aren't they? As well? yeah. you know, you're not just going to be able to fucking pick it with a dodgy little paperclip. <laughs> yeah, well, she does anyway. But now we get kind of, again, this is one of the bits I think they were sort of, showing you quite a bit before the film came out. They were sort of hinting to this. They didn't show the full scene. So the old T-1000's arrived now, hasn't he? And he's talking to the receptionist. And um, there's a couple of cops milling around. And one of them goes to get a coffee. And the T-1000 just kind of, I don't know what the word is, just kind of comes out of the floor, doesn't he? It's like a black and white tiled floor. And he just sort of comes out of it and forms into himself. And it's fucking really, really good the way that they did it. Yeah, that, that bit's fucking awesome, the way he just comes out, because it's kind of like chessboard effect floor, isn't it? It's checkered, yes. like you say, and it's like the way he just kind of comes up and sort of forms, but then in, you see him sort of in his liquid form as Robert Patrick, then he morphs into the guy, because the guy who plays the cop um, in real life, obviously, because you see him turn into him and they're staring at each other, that's actually a set of twins, the guy who plays, and they're in loads of movies together in this sort of time period, but he sort of turns into him and then is like, points his finger at him and spikes him through the fucking eye, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. I didn't realise that was that. I thought they just start, you know, sort of blue screened the same guy. It's actually two different guys. That's fucking amazing. Yeah, but they're literally yeah. identical twins. They've been in films <laughs> like Gremlins and they've been in like uh, Good Morning Vietnam and stuff. They appeared in loads of these sort of movies around this period. Mm. But yeah, they are actually twins. Oh, right. no, that's cool. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, I love his face as well. He kind of turns around and obviously he's looking at himself. And his face is like, what the fuck? And he drops You his wouldn't coffee. be there, wouldn't you, if you saw that? Oh, if you turned around and just saw yourself, yeah. I'd be like, no, because he's really happy because he's got like a fucking full house on his coffee or something. He's like celebrating yeah. or whatever it is. And then he just spins around and sees himself. Yeah, yeah. His face is brilliant. And obviously, like I say, he gets spiked by the old T-1000. The only thing I will say about this scene, you see a side view of it and he's, it does look a bit dodgy, I thought. You can kind of tell that, that it's obviously not real. Um, but the, the whole scene in general is fucking brilliant, I have to say. Um, but <laughs> we cut back to old uh, Sarah Connor now, and she's managed to to get out of the room with her paperclip. And um, she's kind of sneaking around. She finds like a broken mop in a cupboard. She properly fucking leathers old Buffon, man, doesn't she, with it? Yeah, and that's such that's such a sickening sound when she hits me as well. Like, you hear like yeah. this kind of snap, like his fucking jaw coming off or something. It's so fucking brutal. Like even now, like I'm like, like oh. No, I almost felt that hit, but she fucking yeah, leathers yeah. him completely, doesn't she? Yeah, she does. I don't know if she actually kills him, but she certainly fucking messes him up a bit. And um, she's now sort of on the run kind of thing, trying to get out. And she comes across your mate, old Silverman, 
Then she breaks his arm, doesn't she? She fucking has a go at him as well. And she gets this syringe and fills it with some industrial cleaning fluid or something. And she's holding it to his neck, basically saying, let me fucking out of there, otherwise I'm going to just fucking syringe this guy. And to be fair, he's a twat. I'd be tempted to go, go on then. But obviously they can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a shit. He gave me a crap Christmas bonus. Fucking just give us pumping full of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, the JC and Arnie turn up now. So they're, they're all in the hospital. Um, and, well, they're actually still outside at this point because um, there's a guard, isn't there, on, on the, 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 I can't speak, the front of the hospital and there's like a fucking barrier to go through. Um, and he's, I think he said something about visiting hours are between the hours of blah, 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 blah. And Arnie just fucking kneecaps him, doesn't he? <laughs> he does, yeah. And I just, again, it's like the whole movement of the Terminator. He just gets off his bike, calm as a cucumber, and just fucking shoots him in the kneecaps. And then it's like, John's like, what are you doing? I said, don't kill anyone. He'll live. And just yeah. fucking sits back on the bike. There's <laughs> another classic line, though, isn't it? He'll live. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got Sarah Connor now, and she's got Silverman with the syringe to his neck. She manages to march to the entrance. And this is where... This is quite fucking cool. This is her first meeting of Arnie. So she sees Arnie come around the corner and obviously she think, thinks that he's there to kill her because that's how she knows the Terminator. And the pure panic on her face as she sort of runs. Again, I think this might be in slow motion. But um, yeah, it's fucking brilliant, isn't it? Because obviously she doesn't realise he's there to protect her. And not being funny, he doesn't have, you know, striker-friendly pose, does he? He comes out of the elevator with his fucking <laughs> shotgun, turns yeah. to her. And again, obviously, like for her... That's just a walking nightmare, isn't it? She's fought one of these before, and but the way it does it, and the way she, the slow motion isn't ridiculous. It's just enough as she falls down, and you can see the shock on her face. But the music they use is that really, you know, like the, the Terminator, like dun 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 dun. Yeah, yeah. It's that really metallic-y sounding version of mm. it, and you just like her reaction is incredible. She's like screaming, and suddenly all her kind of composure just goes out the window, doesn't it? Like she was just, the last thing yeah. she expected to see at this point was a fucking Terminator. Now she's going to see yeah. two of them. <laughs> yeah that's true but I think the slow-mo in this is, is really well done it's not over the top and it does work really really well and then Arnie kind of saves the day doesn't he he beats up some of the orderlies that are trying to restrain Sarah Connor and then we get the T-1000 <laughs> this is cool this bit it's, it's another little comedy moment but I think it works he kind of liquefies himself through this gate doesn't he and his gun gets stuck I thought that was quite a little touch as his gun gets stuck and you hear the clank of the metal and he sort of looks down twists it and then carries on walking through. Yeah, that is good. Those orderlies get fucking annihilated by Arnie though, don't they? they he do. just fucking like just like smacks one of them in the stomach with his shotgun and throws one of them through a window and then the woman like <laughs> punches him and breaks his glasses and then he just like almost just like flicks her but she goes like twenty foot flying down the fucking corridor. That <laughs> bit where T one thousand comes through the gate does look amazing. Yeah. Yeah it does look really, really good. Um, so Arnie, John Connor and Sarah managed to get into a lift now. And this is another kind of iconic sequence, isn't it? The T-1000, the door's shutting and his arms kind of go into the spikes again, but they kind of then part and he manages to get them through the lift doors and pull them open. And then Arnie just fucking shoots him in the head and there's a big fucking hole in his head, isn't it? It's hard to describe. And it just liquefies itself back. Again, that's just another awesome scene. Again, there's no slow motion. He just like gets a shotgun point blank to the face, and his head just completely like explodes open, doesn't it? It's like something yeah. out of thing almost. Obviously, it's metal this yeah, time, yeah. but it just reminds me of that head splitter thing. And he's obviously stumbling back. His arms are in the shape of these weird hooks. He looks like he doesn't even look like a fucking person at this point, does he? Apart from his police outfit, his head and his arms are all fucking 
morphed and mutated. And Sarah Connor's like, what the fuck's going on? She's obviously <laughs> having a really fucking bad evening at this point in time. And John stood there looking like a spare one. He doesn't have a clue what's going on. <laughs> yeah, Sarah Connor probably thinks those drugs have kicked in a bit too much, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we get a bit of a fight scene on the lift, don't we? The T-1000, he's sort of spiking through the lift doors. And I think he jumps on top of it as well. But they managed to escape anyway. Um, Arnie, Sarah Connor and um, uh, John, I think they get, get away in a cop car, don't they? And they the do. T- this bit makes me laugh because I Sarah Connor, like the cop car's the windscreen. She's like, get out of the car now. And the guy's moving so fucking slow, obviously he's shitting himself. <laughs> then Arnie just grabs him and fucking launches him across the bloody car park. And he like smacks his face right into like a bloody like big cement post, doesn't it? It's like, Christ, this guy was only probably just coming to park his car. <laughs> yeah yeah you're right but this bit as well so i think um does the t1000 he doesn't get a car now he's running after them isn't he i think he does because he's kind of like he chases them like full on and they're shooting him obviously it's not having any effect and he like dives and hooks the back of their car doesn't he yeah. kind of starts climbing up on top of it yeah this this bit is cool and everything but i i thought last night when i was watching this again i thought why are they even bothering to shoot him because they know it's not going to kill him i guess it might slow him down a little bit but they're probably like shooting away at him, and he's just the bullets are just kind of not having any effect. You probably just think more about survival and getting away at this point. I would have thought. Yeah, I mean Arnie's behind the wheel, and you like to think a Terminator can obviously multitask at least. <laughs> but yeah, like you would have thought he'd be focused on like you know I'm just going to like scan the land and find the optimal route to get out of here as quick as possible because he knows the weapons he's got are going to do fuck all against the T1000, doesn't he? Sarah's probably just firing on instinct because she doesn't yeah, know what yeah. she's up against yet, but. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's just like loads of ammo and it's not even like, they say he's kind of like absorbing it, but he's not slowing him down one bit. Yeah, I think this is also the scene where John Connor's just reloading all the guns. Like, you know, he's not that old. He seems to know what he's doing. I know he's kind of been taught things by his mum, but he seems to know how to fucking reload a pistol and a shotgun pretty well, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah, because she's like handing them to like Sarah and then Arnie just lobs the shotgun at him. He's like, reload. He's <laughs> <laughs> like fucking doing that. <laughs> Yeah, but the T one thousand again, his arms kind of turn into these spiky things, and he he latches onto the back of the car. And this is one that you see him being dragged, and it looks so bad. It's just a fucking like dummy, isn't it? It looks terrible. It is, yeah. I mean, it's cool, like when you see, like, obviously, it go back to Robert Patrick, and he's climbing up on mm. the back. But yeah, you can tell it is just literally a mannequin flapping around on the back of the car. <laughs> Fortunately, obviously, it's only a quick shot, so it doesn't yeah, ruin it too much. But yeah, you can see practical quick. effects in place here. Yeah, but I do like the next bit, though, where Arnie kind of shoots the spikes that he's got stuck into the, the boot of the car, or the trunk for our American friends, and um, he kind of breaks them off, and he falls off the car, and then they kind of go into metallic sort of mercury, almost blobs, don't they, and go back and form back into the T-1000. I thought that was cool. Yeah, especially that bit where he stands next to the puddle, and it kind of goes into his shoe, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then he sort of looks down and then looks up, but again, like, because he's obviously a machine, I love just that expression that he has on his face. He kind of collects the rest of his pie, it sucks into his shoe. Then he just looks up, and he doesn't even look like frustrated, does he? He's just like, right, back to business. I need to find another way to track them down. And he just wanders off. Yeah, yeah, he's not really phased by it, is he? He's just like, oh, yeah, you might have won the uh, the battle, but I'll win the war kind of thing. Yeah. They, they kind of go, Arnie, JC, and Sarah Connor kind of go to like um some kind of, I don't know what it is, some kind of lockup or something now is it like uh don't know if you can shed some light on where this place come from or do they just randomly find it yeah it's like one of those because i think they kind of head out into like new mexico or something like yeah. that don't they and it's like 
it just looks like an old like um tow truck depot or like a petrol mm. station with a garage but yeah arnie just fucking rips the door open doesn't he? he's got a massive yeah. padlock and he just yanks it off and they go the sarah gets sort of brought up to speed with things here yeah, he's he's patching her up, isn't he? Because she's got a few cuts and bruises and that, and I think he's stitching her up. And then she starts pulling the bullets out of Arnie. Um, and then she opens his head up to access his CPU. And um, it's kind of cool, this bit, where she sort of undoes the metallic part of his head and she pulls it out. It looks like a bar of fucking dairy milk, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> <laughs> the little chip itself. Yeah, I mean, it's huge. You look at the sort of chips we've got now, and I mean, they're in mobile phones and that. They're tiny. This thing's... I mean, it's like a mini bar of chocolate, I thought, when she pulls it out. Yeah. Interestingly, this scene um, wasn't in the theatrical. It was one that was in the T-1000 edition. But we actually learn a lot now about the Terminator because he's like saying, I'm a learning computer. Mm. I can adapt and do things. But when I'm sent out on my own, Skynet will not allow me to think for myself. Then they're like, obviously, Skynet knows because humans created computers. Computers started thinking for themselves and killed the humans. So Skynet doesn't want a repeat of its own creation turning on it. So they're like, you know, oh, we reset the switch. Can you learn and obviously be more human? And he's like, yes. Um, and how they shot this scene, um, they actually cut a hole in the wall. And Sarah, um, Linda Hamilton has a sister that looks identical to her. So they got the two of them. So it looks like a mirror that they're using, but it's not actually a mirror. Arnie was sat on one side of the wall with Linda Hamilton's um, sister mirroring her movements. And there was a dummy that she was stood by to reach in and pull the chip out. So although it looks like they're in front of a mirror doing it, it's actually two completely different sets just through a wall. Wow, that's that's really good. Another great fact there. So and a bit like the coffee machine and another kind of set of almost twins. That's um that's pretty cool. And I did not know that. But she she wants to smash Arnie's chip, doesn't she? She's probably just wants to end it all, and that'd be a bad move because you'd need Arnie to help you because otherwise the old T one thousand's got free reign, hasn't he? Luckily, John Connor talks her out of it and makes her see a bit of sense. Yeah, because this is kind of like one of those things where she's like, he's like, you know, you want me to be a military leader? Maybe you should start listening to my decisions. And mm. you can kind of see where she's coming from. She's like, you have no idea what it's like to try and kill one of these things. Obviously, knowing how bad it was to defeat Arnie in the first movie. Yeah. But like um, like you just said there, like, if I'd have seen a T-1000, it's like, actually, you know, a T-800 wouldn't be too bad to have around right now, would he? You know, he's just a bit of fucking... <laughs> he, he knows a bit more about what's going on than what we do at this stage. Well, he's better than nothing, isn't he? You know, I, t- I take my chances for him more than just me and John Connor. Let's put it that way. Hmm. <laughs> but Arnie nicks another car now. He, he, he's a bit of a fucking carjacker, isn't he? But all the Terminators are. They love it. They love a bit of Grand Theft Auto, don't they? Yeah, and it's another station wagon as well. I know they're popular in America, <laughs> but he has a station wagon in the first movie, and now he's got another one now. Uh, maybe he knows how to drive them. He's quite comfortable <laughs> with them. <laughs> anyway, he says they need to get as far away from the city as possible. Um, so they, they sort of start buggering off. And Ar- John's now trying to teach Arnie some phrases. And this this kind of plays a part at the end of the film, but he's teaching him like the Hasta La Vista baby, which obviously we see at the end. And he's trying to get him to smile. They pull up at a gas station, don't they, or somewhere, like a shop or something. And he's trying to get Arnie to smile. And Arnie's quite funny, isn't he? He pulls that really sort of false, sort of cheeky smile that he's trying to do. And he is quite funny, I guess. Yeah, it looks like a fucking horse, doesn't it? Almost trying to smile. <laughs> he's like, John Connor like, tries to make this lady laugh. And she's really like a bit of an old battle axe. Yeah. And he's like, oh, that guy over there, he knows how to smile. And we see Arnie look over and he kind of scans the guy's mouth movement. And he just... Paul's is like, it's fucking, you can't describe it, can you? But it's fucking ridiculous. But it is funny because it's Arnie. 
Yeah, exactly. But yeah, he does play it quite well. Um, bless him. Um, he, he does he tells... experiment with smiling throughout. Sorry, the, he just does experiment with smiling throughout the movie, though, doesn't he? We get a few different smiles from him yeah. as the movie goes on. Yeah, we do. Yeah, he kind of he starts to become more human as the movie goes on. Obviously, John Connor's teaching him things and everything, so he starts to be a little bit more human, about as human as Arnie can get, anyway. <laughs> um, he also tells Sarah Connor now that Dyson's pretty much responsible for everything, doesn't he? And tells her about Cyberdyne and Skynet and everything. So now she's got this massive fucking vendetta against Dyson. Yeah, because she's like, you know, tell me everything, where he, what he looks like, where he lives. I want to know everything. She's, she's like, how much do you know? And he's like, I have detailed files. And he's <laughs> like, you know, tell me everything. So it's like, in her head, she's thinking, right, these, this is the guy who fucking creates it all. Take him out. It never gets created in the first place, which logically sounds about right, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it does. And speaking of old Dyson, we, we cut to him now, and he's at home and he's working on some proper fucking old school computers. Um, <laughs> his wife's not too happy. It's a Sunday, and he's there with all these computer programs running and stuff. But he says he, he's really close, doesn't he, to his goal and getting the, the perfect thing he's been trying to make. Um, so we kind of get the fact that he's there doing his thing. And now we get introduced to another character. I think it's Enrique's name, isn't it? Sarah, John, and Arnie go to see this guy called Enrique. And I'm assuming it's New Mexico they're in, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool scene. I like this. It's got that kind of, I know you don't like Westerns, but it's got that Wild West vibe, doesn't it? When they first get out of the car and there's like, just loads of like ruins and like a manky old helicopter and stuff. And they're like walking around and then they all just jump out and almost like a Mexican standoff, no pun intended. They're all just kind <laughs> of like pointing guns at each other for a minute. Yeah. And then the first thing Enrique does, a man after my own heart, he goes off and gets some tequila. Or he asks his wife to drink some <laughs> tequila, doesn't he? And um, Arnie, Arnie just sort of looks at it and he's nah, he's not interested in the tequila, is he? No, it's not. I love this bit as well. And this always cracks me up is when he's like, um, that Enrique's like saying, oh, yeah, you're all over the TV, you, John, and your big friend here and stuff. And um, John turns around and goes, oh, don't worry about him. He's Uncle Bob. Yeah. <laughs> and Arnie's just like, Uncle Bob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is definitely a scene that I had completely forgotten about. So it's one of those sort of things, although it's kind of not integral, but it's fairly important. It kind of goes over your head to a certain extent. You just remember all the action scenes, don't you? So I had completely forgotten about this. And Sarah Connor's got this fucking amazing underground bunker, hasn't she? Full of pretty much every weapon you can think of. Yeah, fucking hell. I mean, Christ. I mean, I know you like you hear about these kind of like what they call like these people who prepare for apocalypses and stuff, don't they? They live in all these showers mm. and stuff. But fuck me, she's got like she could like stock an entire fucking army with what she's got stuck under this thing. Fucking miniguns, bazookas, grenade launchers, the whole fucking lot. Yeah, she has literally got everything you can think of. Yeah, she's um she's fully fucking tooled up, this woman. So, yeah, fair play to her. Um, John, John's sort of having a bit of a heart-to-heart with Arnie as well, isn't she, while Sarah's sorting out all her guns, and he's telling her about telling Arnie about Reese And um, Arnie then asks why people cry, doesn't he? Try, he's trying to sort of understand a little bit more. Yeah, because he's like, you know, she's saying, like, you know, she's shacked up with all these people that she could learn from. He makes you wonder if Enrique may have been one of them and stuff, and it's like, mm. I see her crying sometimes. And I do like the way that, obviously, because the Terminator is a learning computer, it's, now it's switched to its normal state. It is inquisitive, is it? It's an AI, pretty much. And the way he kind of turns and he goes, why do you cry? It's like, you actually see, like, for a Terminator, used to being so deadpan, there's actually genuine curiosity. And I mm. think that's good character development there, to think, like, what would these things be like when they're not programmed to kill everyone, they obviously are an intelligent life form, aren't they, on their own right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, 
And this is quite good as well now, because we see sort of Sarah, she's sat on her own. She's watching Arnie and John Connor, and she kind of realises that Arnie actually would be like the perfect dad, wouldn't he? he? He doesn't fuck off, he doesn't go out and get drunk. He's like, you know, he's there to protect, and that's exactly what you want. Well, yeah, I mean, that's obviously what parenthood's about, isn't it? And it's like, you know, your kid wouldn't get bullied if you fucking Arnie wish your dad would he? <laughs> Bloody Terminator or something. But John's trying to teach him how to do, like... um a bit that makes me laugh. He's trying to teach him how to do like high fives and stuff, isn't he? And Arnie yeah. slaps his hand, and John's like, "Fuck, it's fucking hurt." <laughs> so Arnie just fucking completely wallops him. <laughs> yeah, and she has another vision now, doesn't she, of the playground and the explosion? And this is where you definitely see she's actually there and she's watching herself, isn't she? As the playground just goes up with the the explosion and the fire, and this is quite gnarly. This bit you see people burning and kind of just crumbling away, and it's quite horrific, really, in a way. It is, yeah. It's it's really like a pretty, like you say, it's just a horrible, like she knows this future is going to happen unless mm. she does something about it. And obviously the clock's ticking, especially now you've got old T-1000 hot on their heels and everything. And it is just a really, and even to this day, I think it stands up. And there's a lot of practical effects because a bit where she's holding on to the fence and starts like burning and being blown apart and everything, that's pretty fucking brutal. And you see like all like the little kids and that in the playground, something you don't normally see in movies for obvious reasons, but they're all like screaming and burning and obviously all turn into husks and explode. And it's pretty, it's actually like another horror element, isn't it? It's like a bit like the first movie is about that horror, like the future that we've got ahead of us is pretty fucking bad. We need to do something about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's quite brutal and quite fucking full on that bit. Um, now she, she's on an absolute mission for Dyson now, isn't she? She just gets in the car and just fucking drives off, leaving John and Arnie just kind of, well, scratching their dicks until they realise where she's going. It doesn't take them long to work out where she's going, though, does it? No, because John finds where she was asleep on that table, wasn't she? And then she's carved no fate into it, which is kind of like a yeah. tagline for this franchise. And then it's like, they their piece in the gear, and Arnie's like, well, she wants to change the future. And then it's like, shit, she's going to go and kill Dyson. That's the only way she can do it. Yeah, and we cut to her now at Dyson's house and he, he's there in his room I think he's still on his computer yeah he is and he's still working away and she's he's got, got a laser nice sight <laughs> he has got a nice house but the guy's loaded isn't he let's be honest um, she's got the laser pointer sight pointing on the back of his head and his kid's got this remote control car going around radio controlled car and you know it's going to save the day and it bumps into him just as she pulls the trigger, doesn't it? So she, she blows up his computer, she shoots his computer, and then she just fucking absolutely just gets, just goes mad, doesn't she? And just starts shooting the shit out of all his equipment and all his computers and stuff. And at, at this point, I thought, although she's got a vendetta against him and what he's going to do, you've just destroyed all his work. So surely that, to a point, is putting an end to what he's going to do because you just destroyed everything he's creating you know all his programs and out of down you don't really need to kill him as well yeah yeah that's a good point but i suppose she's just completely blinded by yeah yeah anger hatred fear the whole lot isn't it? like she won't stop until she completely puts him down and can see it for herself but yeah she has very much destroyed a huge chunk of his work there but she fucking goes mad doesn't she like blowing it i think it looks really cool the way he's like trying to hide around behind his desk and like, his computer and his screens out, they're all like fucking exploding on the desks. Looks really good. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. And she she pretty much turns into the Terminator now, doesn't she? She's relentless. She's in the house now and she's got him there. She's got the gun pointing to him and his kids and his wife are there, you know, screaming to stop and he's pleading with her. Luckily, Arnie and JC turn up just at the right time, don't they? 
they do yeah because he's already put one in his shoulder because he's trying to run yeah. away isn't she and she pops him in the shoulder and then like the kids are kind of shield him but like i say one of those like amazing coincidences that arnie and like say connor turn up just at the nick of time it's like fucking hell yeah sarah has a bit of a meltdown now but she does sort of calm down a bit and now we, we cut to them they're all sort of chilling out in dyson's kitchen aren't they and um Arnie kind of shows him who he is. He peels the skin off his arm. He sort of cuts it, doesn't he, with a knife and peels it off. And he's got the Terminator metal skeleton arm underneath. And um, Yeah, that's a really good shot. The bit where mm. he, like, obviously, one, it looks badass the way he cuts it and pulls the skin off. But I love the shot where you see, like, the, the hand in the foreground. And in the background, you see Dyson, obviously, first of all, he's shocked at what he's just seen. But then he, he realises, doesn't he? He's like, holy shit. That's the same yeah. as the arm I've got in my lab. It's a really good like realization scene well yeah it is because it completely turns him doesn't it he's like right i'm gonna fucking quit everything i'm gonna go tomorrow and destroy everything that i've made and yeah pretty much wakes him up to what's gonna happen doesn't it yeah but they're like no no we, you know he's like at first he's like, i'll quit cyberdyne and all that stuff and then they're like no 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 one can follow your work it all has to be destroyed and he's like all right i'll do it tomorrow and they're like no we'll, we'll do it now and literally stand up and it's like no we're gonna go to cyberdyne we're gonna get the job done here and now yeah, so off they do go to Cyberdyne, and they've they've got quite a few weapons on them, haven't they? On when they're on the way, they've obviously um raided Sarah's uh, little bunker for this one. This bit's quite funny as well because they they get there, and old uh, <laughs> what's his name Dyson's there, and he's talking to the the guy at the desk, the security guard, and you've got Arnie there looking pretty fucking intimidating, and they've kind of they've got Dyson, haven't they? You can they can tell he's being held hostage almost, and the guy won't let him in. So then they just fucking duct tape him up, don't they? Yeah, and they don't they like tape into like a fucking urinal or something like that. Well, <laughs> leave him in there. The, you now see another security guard, um, and he's like looking. I think Gibbons is the one who gets duct tape up. I think that's his name. Yeah, and um, he's like, "Where the fucking hell are you?" I think, and then he finds him in the toilet, and he's all duct tape up. I can't remember how he gets alerted. I think doesn't he set off a silent alarm or something, Gibbons? I can't remember how the other one gets alerted. I think he's just on patrol, isn't he? Because he comes along and he's like, oh, you can't leave the desk like that. Oh, that's right. Um, and then he finds him and then he comes and sets off the silent alarm, yes. doesn't he? Which alerts like every fucking police officer in 100 miles. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, my um, my uh, notes are a bit sketchy there, but I only watched this last night. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, like I say, every, literally every fucking police in the bloody country's after them now by looks of it from what turns up in a minute. Um but old Dyson pretty much says now that the sign alarm's gone off, they can't get into the vault. Um, but luckily, John Connor's a bit of a hacker, so he's kind of going to know how to get into it, isn't he? This is um, goes back to Jurassic Park with the old girl, doesn't it, where she knew how to hack the computer. It does, yeah, just because we saw him, like, obviously fiddle with a an ATM and get some cash out. Now he can hack, like, a really super computer secret government lab or whatever it's supposed to bloody be. But there's a bit here that makes me laugh is when... um. They're trying to get through a door, and Dyson's like, "Oh, I can't get through. That my access card isn't good." And Arnie just pulls out his grenade launcher, like, "Let me try mine." And just fucking <laughs> blows the wall down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've got that here. And then he gives them all gas masks, doesn't he, Arnie? Um, I, I remember yeah, that bit. Something like the um the smoke detector or something, isn't it? Shooting down all that dry kind of wherever it is. Yeah. Biosuppressant. So he's like, "Oh yeah, put these um gas masks on and stuff. They'll protect you." Yeah. The old um, T-1000 now turns up at Dyson's house, but he's a little bit late. He kind of sees all the mess and he hears on the radio that um, Sarah Connor's at Cyberdyne, doesn't he? The thing is, though, where's um, 
uh, Dyson's family at this point. We don't see them, do we? And the T-1000's in the house. Yeah, I mean, I assume they must have just gone somewhere safe. I mean, normally the go-to thing in these movies is like, take the kids to your mother or something yeah. like that. So you'd assume that's happened. But yeah, I mean, if T-1000 turned up, you know he would have at least interrogated them. He probably would have just fucking killed them all. But luckily, yeah, obviously, really- they, they weren't home when he appears. I was going to say, we're assuming they're away and they're, they're safe then because we don't see them. So we, we assume he hasn't killed them. They have got away to a, a safe place. We'll just say that. Um, but we cut back now. And as we just said, every fucking cop car in the world is kind of turning up at older Cyberdyne now. We've got helicopters, police vans, God knows. Everything you can think of is pretty much turning up, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because they saw like when Gibbons and his mate, you see a shot of them on the phone. It's like, tell him it's, you know the woman and the bloke from the TV and stuff. So word's gone out that these two are pretty formidable people. They've obviously blown for fucking half of America up so far. So now they're all like literally surrounded by SWAT teams and they're like Arnie and the team are kind of like setting up, bringing all the information into one place. And they're setting like C4, aren't they? All these massive barrels of explosive up. Yeah, they are. John Connor's managed to hack his way into the other vault now, but he kind of sees the cavalry has arrived. So he's, um, he alerts them and Arnie's like, He'll take care of the police. Um, and he's obviously, John Connor doesn't want him to kill them. So um, he just starts taking out all their cars and everything with his fucking minigun, which I think is an ironic name. It's a fucking massive gun. Yeah. But he's just stood at the window and he's just fucking taking out all the cars and everything. Minigun runs out of ammo. So he's like, fuck it, pulls out his grenade launcher and just pops a few grenades into the cars. But he manages to not kill any of the cops. So it shows how kind of, but I, you see him sort of scanning and just aiming for the vehicles and stuff, don't you? Yeah, I mean, I fucking loved this when I was a kid. Just the way he like yeah. storms up and he like kicks the fucking desk through the window and he just stood at this window like the big flashlight, the chopper. Man, it's like he just looks so fucking awesome, doesn't he? Like this is just such a classic Terminator look. Him there in the leathers with the big minigun, but it, like I say, like I say, he's very dead eye. But even with those cars exploding. Surely, maybe there could have been a bit of collateral damage there. He does a good job not actually killing anyone. Well, he does, because at one point, one of the cars blows up and some like coppers run from behind it. And I'm like, there's no way you'd have probably survived that. I wouldn't have thought, you know, the yeah. things exploded and you just sort of appear from behind it and run off. It's like, mm, OK, fair <laughs> enough. But yeah, he manages to, from what we can tell, not kill any of the cops, but certainly destroy all their vehicles, pretty much. And John Connor and Dyson are in the vault now and they've got the chip and the arm, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, they've got that, and they're like, you know, John Connor does that line, doesn't like easy money. Um, yeah. Or we've got Skynet by the balls or something, I think he says as well, which um, makes me laugh. And I think it's around this sort of period that they're like, all right, we need to get out. And isn't it around the T-1000s what makes an appearance, or we, we see that he's approaching the building at this stage? Yeah, he's on his way. Um, the SWAT team enter the building now. Dyson gets kind of shot to shit at this point, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah he does. And that's another slow motion kind of... Um, they're just about to leave on he's like hand me the detonator and they come in and he gets like a really slow motion he's shot like fucking 40 times or something but he's still alive <laughs> at this stage but he does his really slow motion dramatic getting shot and then collapses behind some sort of um desks really yeah he does and also sarah connor manages to somehow get out of the room arnie kind of saves the day right at the end but there's there's bullets going always and shit ricocheting around and she manages to come out pretty much unscathed doesn't she yeah yeah thankfully but she ends up in a room um, separate from Arnie and John. And then um, John's like, oh, we can't get her out of there. And then Arnie just fucking belly flops his way through the fucking wall, doesn't he? Like, big plasterboard wall, really. But he just kind of storms through and grabs her and pulls her out. 
yeah, he does. And this bit, although it's not funny, it did make me laugh. Um, <laughs> so, the SWAT team are around Dyson, aren't they? And he's he's on his last legs and he's got the detonator. And he's like, I don't know how long I can keep my finger off it. And it's just the way he, he kind of dies a comedy death, doesn't he? He does, because he's doing this thing like... <laughs> <laughs> Making this really weird noise. And the SWAT team are like, everybody out, get out. It's like, just take the fucking detonator off him. He sat there yeah. holding it, just reach out and take it out of his hand, you know, job done. But oh, anyway, he does this really dramatic fucking like, it, it goes on for ages, doesn't it? But eventually yeah, he obviously does. succumbs and he drops a detonator and the fucking explosions go off as Arnie and Sarah and John are going down in the elevator. Yeah, this is where the T-1000 actually rocks up now on his bike. And um, Arnie says the immortal line now, doesn't he? He says the I'll be back line at this point in the film. He does, yeah, this, this is good really good scene here especially the way they shot it as well but yeah the way he turns around because they're like oh they're going to use gas and SWAT team covering the door that they're trying to get out or shoot those it's got this big kind of like grenade launcher type thing but it's obviously just got like tear so John and Sarah yeah. got the um, gas mask he's like stay here I'll be back and this scene where he's walking down the corridor and they start shooting him and like, all his skin starts fucking tearing away it looks awesome it's actually a dummy but it's actually really convincing because for the longest time I always thought it was actually him yeah, it looks really good. Watching it again last night, I thought it looked awesome. And he starts taking their kneecaps out, doesn't he? He does. But there's another thing here as well. Like he, he takes out all their kneecaps. And like we said about him not killing anyone, he picks up the grenade launcher that's got the big tear gas things. And I, I swear he shoots someone in the back of it, doesn't he? Like in the spine. And it's like, that would fucking paralyse someone, surely. That's fucking horrible. Yeah, I thought that. He shoots a couple of them. I think he gets one in the chest and one in the back. And like you say, just the sheer velocity of that, he probably would kill you or certainly would, um, yeah, like you say, paralyze you. But anyway, he manages not to kill anyone, um, which is, is quite impressive. He's taken all their kneecaps out. I mean, he's certainly ruined their fucking lives, but they're not dead, I suppose. <laughs> so Arnie now, he steals a SWAT van, doesn't he? <laughs> and he, he sort of breaks in and saves John Connor and Sarah Connor. And this, is, this next scene's pretty fucking cool, isn't it? Where the T-1000 jumps the bike through the window and he kind of liquids into the chopper that's outside. And Yeah, that's fucking awesome. You, get, you, you see, like, the pilot and you see um, the reflection of the pilot's face in the liquid of the T-1000. I always thought that looked fucking brilliant. Yeah, this is really special effects heavy because he's like yeah. now on like the top floor, isn't he? And he sees like the van speeding away, he puts two and two together and thinks, all right, it must be Arnie when your Terminator drives like that or something. But that, yeah, that yeah. bit where he speeds through the window, lands on a helicopter and like headbutts the glass and stuff. It's so fucking cool. But then he does a classic line, doesn't he? The whole get out. And the guy yes. obviously doesn't fucking think twice. He just, even though he's in a helicopter and like fucking God knows <laughs> how high up in the air, he just fucking jumps out, doesn't he? I think I'd probably take my chances and jump out there after I've just seen that, to be honest. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that bit is, is awesome. We get the chase now. The chopper's chasing Arnie um, in the in the SWAT van. John Connor and Sarah are in the back, and they're kind of exchanging gunshots. Sarah gets shot now, doesn't she, in the leg? She does. Yeah. Um, one bit here that I never noticed for the longest time. I don't know if you ever noticed it, but the T one thousands flying the helicopter. But he's got three arms at this point. He's grown like a third one out of his stomach that he's flying the helicopter with and his other two hands are reloading the gun and shooting. And then it took me ages to realise he was actually doing that. And I was like, fucking hell, that's awesome that he's done that. No, I never noticed that. Again, even watching it last night. Fuck, no, that's a good spot, bread roll. Never noticed that at all. Um, this bit's a bit far-fetched in a way, though. The, the chopper ends up crashing into the back of the van and the van crashes as well. Obviously, Arnie's going to survive. He's a Terminator. But it's quite a full-on crash, isn't it? And um, 
somehow John Connor and Sarah managed to sort of survive fairly unscathed. Yeah, John doesn't even seem to have a fucking scratch on him. But like, <laughs> no. he's not like he was in had his fucking like harness on or anything. It was just a big open back truck, like you say, it's a SWAT van, and it flips and skids down his motorway after a fucking helicopter goes into the back <laughs> of it, and he just jumps out and is like, still got his little floppy haircut and everything, trying to look cool, and it's like, bloody hell. <laughs> yeah, a little, a little bit far fetched, but we'll, we'll let him off. Um, the old T one thousand now steals a truck, and there always seems to have to be some kind of truck bit. I mean, we've already had him in a truck at the start, and the the chase and now he's in another truck um and arnie they still did what, what the fuck did they steal some kind of oh, religious pickup or something and i'm not quite sure what it's supposed to be it's got like a fucking dog kennel or something on the back of it oh, shit whatever it is isn't it? I mean, it doesn't even look like it should be on the road to start with let alone fucking be a getaway vehicle i do actually feel yeah. sorry for the guy that um t1000 like he steals his truck but the guy comes over and says, like, oh man are you all right and he just gets fucking stabbed for his effort doesn't he so like, could have just yeah. walked past him or said no but no i'm gonna kill you well he's a terminator that's what he does is arnie says you know yeah but <laughs> arnie's shooting at the old t1000 in the truck now and he eventually manages to jump onto the bonnet and it, he he turns the wheel and it jackknives and it slides along for fucking ages doesn't it it just flips over onto its side and it just slides and slides and slides for what seems like about 10 minutes. Being is it slides perfectly straight, doesn't it? Like you say, it jackknives and turns, but it's completely level when it's sliding. And they're on a fucking dual carriageway, or whatever they're called in America, it's the equivalent of, I suppose. But like it slides in perfect time, completely <laughs> straight. I mean, it's an awesome sequence, the way he like, transitions from the little fucking shitty religious truck that they're on onto the front. And he properly leathers a T-1000, doesn't he? Like, kneels in front of the windscreen with an M-16 and just completely fucking unloads on him. Yeah, yeah, I've got that here in my notes. When he's shooting him and the fucking metallic bullet holes in that are appearing, yeah, it looks fucking brilliant, I thought. They, they end up sliding for eternity into this kind of foundry, almost it is, isn't it? Like a metal molten kind of factory, which is eventually, spoiler alert, going to seal the T-1000's fate. So... Arnie and the T-1000 are now in this leadworks foundry kind of place. And the pickup with um, John Connor and Sarah Connor crashes. And again, miraculously, they survive another fucking full-on crash, don't they? Well, they do, considering like they crash into what appears to be like the front of a forklift truck, which kind of spikes <laughs> straight through the fucking windscreen. And like, amazingly, they're obviously separated. They don't get hit. But again, they pretty much seem to be unscathed, considering they were going as fast as however that fucking truck goes head on into something, not wearing seatbelts, and they both seem to be all right. They seem actually more indestructible than the Terminators at this point because they're kind of getting pretty battered, but they, they've had two full-on crashes. And they're, they're like, apart from Sarah Connor being shot in the leg, which wasn't even anything to do with the crash, they're pretty much unscathed. But anyway, we'll, we'll um, carry on. We've got the truck now is completely jackknifed, and I'm assuming it's like, is it liquid nitrogen pouring out of the tray, the, the tanker on the back of it? Yeah, I, I assume that's what it is. Just before this, speaking of Arnie getting battered, this bit always looked ropey. Even when I was a kid, he kind of like, as the truck hits the kind of doorway to this factory and obviously splits it open and all the nitrogen pours out, Arnie kind of jumps off the truck. And he does his weird kind of like roly-poly, but really quickly <laughs> and kind of skids across the floor. And it just yeah. looks really fucking ropey. I know the bit you're talking about. Yeah, you're right, actually. Yeah. But this now has to be one of the coolest parts of the film. Um, the T-1000 has kind of got frozen in the uh, liquid nitrogen that's been pouring out of this tanker trailer and he starts to move and then his sort of legs and that get stuck to the floor and he starts snapping, doesn't he? And it's fucking brilliant the way that it's just really clever the way they did it. 
yeah, yeah, I love this. And I just love the, because his expression doesn't really change until right at the end when his arm snaps off, but he's mm. kind of like his feet are getting stuck and he's like looking down. Then he steps forward again. And he's getting slower and slower with his movements and he kind of falls down as his legs start breaking. But he's not giving up, is he? He's still fucking going for it, like moving <laughs> forward. He's not like trying to figure out what's going on. He's just like, I can see my target. All I want to do is yeah. kill it. That's what my job is. But yeah, exactly. yeah, this scene looks amazing. Like the special effects, even now, I don't. I've seen modern day movies do similar kind of things, and they don't look as good as this. No, this this was so ahead of its time, and like you say, even now it stands up. And this is where um, we get, I suppose, the false ending, isn't it? You know, it's not going to be the end. Arnie shoots him, and he kind of explodes, or he shatters more than explodes. And Arnie does a hasta la vista, baby, but you kind of know that's not going to be the end, and. It's not even really a false end, is it? Because you don't really get a chance to even think because then the heat from the foundry and he starts to sort of turn into liquid and reform, doesn't he, the T-1000? And again, it looks pretty fucking good. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. I love the way that after Arnie obviously shoots him and stands up, the others kind of stumble over. From their point of view, they're like, oh, yeah, he's been defeated. And Arnie, he's turned and he looks at the heat, doesn't he? And straight away, he yeah. knows this is only going to be a minute or two at best that we're going to have. And he's just like, we don't have much time. This fucking grabs them both and starts like, he kind of moves them into the factory, which is obviously mm. a typical thing with Terminator. I'd have gone out the front door. I'd have been like, right, I need to find another vehicle and get away from here, not go into the fucking factory. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Actually, he brings them more into danger, doesn't he? But there we go. It sets up a, a brilliant end sequence, I guess. So yeah. Arnie and the T-1000 now have this pretty full-on fight. And it's hard to describe, but this was an absolute showpiece for the CGI, wasn't it? There was just so much going on in this last section. Arnie gets his arm stuck in this fucking, like, machine and gets it all chopped off. And there's fucking Arnie shooting the old T-1000. And this is the part, I think we're coming up, actually. I won't spoil it too much. I'm sure everyone knows what happens, but... The part that really reminded me of the thing shortly, which I'm sure you've probably got that vibe as well. Yeah, definitely. Another bit that kind of reminded me of the thing is like you say, Arnie, he tells like John and Sarah just like fucking run and he's going to try and obviously hold the line, I suppose, you know, and just hold off the T-1000 for a while. But he, he like they're having this fight and Arnie like just fucking punches him in the face, doesn't he? But like his fist goes through his head, but like mm. another head grows out of his shoulder and he kind of, arm wrenches him and I thought that bit always looked amazing the way he just kind of yeah. moved his body parts and Arnie was just kind of stuck with his arm inside his body yeah yeah it's amazing and Arnie also like shoots him full on in the face doesn't he and his head just kind of melts back together as well it's fucking so good so good yeah the, the T-1000 kind of faces up to Sarah Connor now and she he spikes her to like this sort of wall thing with his spiky fingery thing through her shoulder that looks fucking gnarly, I thought. Yeah, it does. Especially, again, because obviously this is good. We've, we've mentioned it before, but James Cameron knows when and when not to use slow motion. Mm. And a lot of these sequences here aren't slow-mo. There's one right at the end for dramatic effect. But like when Arnie punches a T-1000, that's all done in real time. And when he like, T-1000, he looks like he's going to punch Sarah Connor, doesn't he? But he doesn't. He just kind of lunges. Then his finger extends and goes through her shoulder. And it just looks like a real... It looks real, doesn't it? Like he's just fucking yeah. stabbed her. It's pretty brutal. It is. And then he, his other finger goes into like this spike and he's got it pretty much pointing at her eye. And he's like, get John Connor, call John. He really wants John Connor. And then Arnie, this is when Arnie comes up behind him and he's got, I don't know, some kind of fucking pole or something. And he literally slices almost 
the um, T1000 in half, doesn't he? And he just kind of comes back together. He does. He proper wellies him because it's like, like you say, his arm got stuck in that machine, but he's kind of like pulled it off. So Arnie's only got like one arm now. Yeah. But yeah, when he like splits the T1000 in half, but the T1000 just doesn't really seem phased. He turns around and kind of like karate kicks almost Arnie and knocks him down. Just fucking splurges back together and yanks the pole out of him. And now he just absolutely batters Arnie, doesn't he? Fucking leathers yeah. the shit out of him, then grabs that big fucking, I don't know what it's supposed to be, but he just keeps ramming it into him and just like breaking him apart bit by bit. Yeah, he does. I was just trying to work out what well, it was some kind of big metal spiky pole thing, isn't it? And he ends up pretty much shoving it right through Arnie, doesn't he? Almost nailing him to this like grating sort of thing. And you kind of think at this point, Arnie, you can't come back from that, even though he's a Terminator. Yeah, I remember when I was, the first time I watched this, I remember it quite clearly as a kid. I was getting quite emotional at this point because I was just watching, no, I don't want the Terminator to die in night. <laughs> when T-1000's got that big fucking thing and he's just ramming it into Arnie. And like he's like hitting him in the head with it and in his chest. He's all his skin coming off and stuff. Then Arnie's like dragging himself along the floor. And then like you say, T-1000 starts spiking him with it and then he thrust thrust it through one more time and all the lightning or whatever it's supposed to be comes out and we see that Arnie deactivate don't we just so his yeah. eye goes is red and then it just like switches off and he sort of like just goes limp as like you think yeah. at this point he's been defeated don't you you do um Sarah Connor's got the older uh, big old shotgun now though and she starts loading it up and while she's doing that hooray Arnie's eye lights up again and he pulls the spike out and he's ready for one last go. So he grabs his grenade gun, doesn't he? He does, yeah. Um, I love that bit. The way it obviously comes to the alternate source of power, doesn't it? You see his kind of vision and he's like re replotting his kind of like internals so that he can power himself back up. And I was like, that was a proper like hero moment for me as a kid. I was like, yeah, Arnie lives for now. You know, he's like, he's back in action. And just conveniently, yeah. like you say, he happens to have his grenade launcher with an arm's length. <laughs> he can just reach out and grab it. Yeah, of course, you know, movie movie coincidence again. This bit's pretty cool, and I had forgotten about this, though. Sarah Connor's now calling for John, and um, he sort of comes towards her, and it's really the T-1000, isn't it? And I'd completely forgotten about this bit. Yeah, yeah, this is really good. And again, this is um, Sarah Connor's um, sister playing this part. Um, oh. So it, obviously, they don't have to do the whole trick of the camera because they look literally identical. Well, I didn't notice. So. Yeah, yeah I think I think Linda Hamilton's playing the the T one thousand at this stage. You know, the yeah. pretend version, and um, the other one, always the one who steps out behind. But John kind of, they, the other one steps out and he's like looks down and he sees like the T one thousand's feet have melted. Yes. Um. So that's because in there was his heat. Obviously, he can't maintain his form, which we've seen a couple of times throughout the fight with Arnie. Yeah. So the real Sarah Connor now just fucking le- unleashes the shotgun into him, doesn't she? She's probably fucking shooting the shit out of him and there's metallic bullet holes appearing till she's completely run out of bullets. And I love the way he just sort of stops and does that finger wag. It's like it's a ah, 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 ah moment, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's so badass. And it's one of those things as well that's so dramatic because he's kind of like, this shotgun's a big fucking riot shotgun, isn't it? So every time yeah. it hits him, he kind of stumbles or jumps backwards and he's right on the edge, isn't he, of the like, the pit that would fall down into like a big pool of lead or whatever it is. And she runs out of bullets. One more would have done the trick, wouldn't it? Yeah. But again, yeah. Like he, obviously she runs out and then he heals himself. And like you say, that finger wag is so fucking, <laughs> so sinister, but it's so snidey at the same time. He's like, yeah, you're fucked now, woman. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. But unbeknownst to him, his uh, Arnie is uh, still going and he kind of comes up on this like wheel, doesn't he? You see him come up in dramatic fashion 
and he fires a grenade gun into the old T-1000. And this is the bit where he turns into the thing, doesn't he? He kind of splits open and his head's fucking up one end and there's bits of him everywhere and he's like a metallic thing. Yeah, yeah, and this is awesome. It took me a while. When I was a kid, I don't know about you, it's probably just I was, obviously I didn't think about it logically because I was like, how come this time when he got shot, did he like obviously explode into this big weird thing? And I was like, it was obviously a grenade, isn't it? It went off inside mm. him and that obviously made him splurge apart. But I couldn't get my head around that when I was like seven or eight or when I first watched it. But yeah, yeah, when he falls into that lead pit and he starts like changing into everyone we've seen him be throughout the movie and it's all fucking horrible. Yeah, it's creepy as. It is, isn't it? And watching this again yesterday, I thought it's kind of cool and a bit, not cheesy, but it looks a bit ropey as well. But it is kind of cool the way you see him sort of form into all the different people he, he's been throughout the, the film and all the people he's sort of in. Can't <laughs> the word again, imitated. Yeah, that's the one. Um, yeah, it's, it's quite a cool. It's quite a cool ending to to the old T one thousand, isn't it? It's quite a long dramatic death, though, isn't it? I mean, the yeah. sequence goes on for about two or three minutes. I mean, it, it is cool, and I've always enjoyed it. Um, but sometimes when you watch it, I'm like, fuck no, he's actually going to take. He's taken longer than Alan Rickman to die. Alan Rickman's known <laughs> for taking ages to die in his movies, and it's like this is going on for like three or four minutes right now. Yeah, he's quite drawn out, but I guess it had to be dramatic. Um, so T one thousand is no more, but. You know, John Connor throws the arm and the chip into the, the metal fire molten pit, whatever you want to call it. But Arnie says there's still one more chip and that he can't self-terminate. So John Connor's got to do it. And this is the kind of emotional ending, isn't it, now that kind of, you know, John's not happy. And even Arnie now, this is where he's been taught kind of human emotions. And he gets a bit emotional, doesn't it? Doesn't he? And he says now he knows why we cry, but it's something he can never do. Yeah, which is a great, like, I love this sequence. And I was, like, devastated. Again, the first time I watched this as a kid, I used to hate it. Because I was like, no, he, he's already died once. I can't kill him again, you know. He's just fucking yeah. come back to life. But, yeah, I love this. Because he kind of hugs John Connor. And then he turns to Sarah and offers a hand. And she shakes his hand, doesn't she? Like, yeah. she kind of accepts the fact that he isn't like the others. Like, in their true form, Terminators aren't villains, as it were. Um, and she shakes his hand and kind of puts her demons to rest a little bit. This is the yeah. scene... I mentioned last week, you know, when we were talking about when Arnie's the dummy and you can see like the robot eye behind his skin. Yeah. This is the bit that looks ropey to me because Arnie's obviously half his face is missing, but the effects are just basically a bit of metal or plastic metal with an LED stuck on his face. And it just looks, yeah. stands out like a bad Halloween mask, especially in sort of like when you look at it more and more now and it just doesn't look as good. It doesn't have that depth under the skin. It doesn't look shit. It just doesn't look as good as some of the things they did with the first movie. Yeah, and I um I really looked out for it because I remember you mentioned it when we did the first one last week. So and I was thinking what bit was he on about? And then when I saw this again last night, I thought, yeah, I could really see what what you what you talked about just then. But I think if you hadn't mentioned it, I probably wouldn't have noticed it. But yeah, it is very sort of two dimensional, isn't it? Where it looked really three dimensional in the first film. Yeah. Um, but he gets lowered down. He's on the chain. He gets lowered down and. We get this sort of iconic kind of, as he goes into the, the molten metal, the thumbs up, which is pretty fucking cheesy, isn't it? But it kind of works. Yeah, because by then, like, the rest of his body would have been in the lead and it probably would have melted him all down and everything. So he probably wouldn't have, to have the function to actually do the thumbs <laughs> up. I mean, I know it looks cool and it's obviously like a nod to the fact that he has become more human and stuff. And it's a good little send off. But yeah, it is cheesy. In a good way, but I just think his body would have melted by then. He wouldn't even have control of anything because his head would have been melted. 
That's very true, actually. But um, yeah, that's that's the end of a uh, good old Arnie, really, isn't it? It is, yeah, and it is a bit of a bittersweet ending, really. You know, it's that kind of thing of like he's the hero of the piece, but he he can't survive because if he's there, then there's proof of what he would be or what the future could hold. And if someone got hold of it, they'd do another Miles Dyson, wouldn't they? Exactly. And um, I think Sarah Connor does a little bit of dialogue now and uh, the film draws to an end. Yeah, we get that classic, you know, if a, if a Terminator can learn the value of human life, maybe we can too, which is not really like, um, it's good and I, I like it, but it's kind of a, I don't want to use the word trope, but we get this a lot in sci-fi, don't we? Whenever there's a robot who can think for mm. itself, it's like, you know, can robots become human and, you know, AI intelligence, all this sort of stuff. So it is tried and tested formula, but it works for what they used it for. And I think they did a good job of it here. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of is a bit more overplayed now. Um, but yeah, it is the, the kind of thing, isn't it? That will they ever take over the world and become almost human? But yeah. So I think it's time to give it some scores, Brad Roll. Sounds like an idea. Who's going to go first this week? Uh, well, as you've narrated, I think I'll go first this uh, this week, just for a change. Okay. Yeah, go on then, let's do it. Okay, so this movie, as I probably hinted at throughout our review that we've just done, was a huge movie of my childhood. It introduced me to Arnie. Obviously, Terminator, I would say, is one of my favourite franchises, even though it's got about six movies and only two of them are any good. Terminator 1 and 2 are both obviously standout movies in their own right. As a sequel, it does everything a sequel needs to do it takes what was good about the first one and it expands on it in every single way from lore to characters to excitement to action budget obviously as a big movie fan and obviously chatting to yourself over the years and my other friends there's always an argument of what is the greatest sequel of all time is it terminator 2 or is it aliens and there's an argument for both of them really but this movie even though it shows its age a little bit obviously it's over 30 years old now to me, it's almost perfection in an action movie and a sequel. And it's Arnie's finest, I think. You know, I mean, I love Arnie to bits, but I think this has got to be his finest performance. So there is no way I can give this movie anything less than five big, fat, milk-infused udders because it really <laughs> is a fucking awesome movie, and I love it. It's one of my all-time favourites. Uh, good stuff, Brad Roll. Um, yeah, I'm going to kind of just, well, carry on with what you just said. Um yeah, it's a great film, isn't it? And I do remember going to see this, although actually the proper memories are sketchy, but just the, the hype of it and coming out of the cinema, just thinking, fucking hell, Arnie was at his peak, as you just said. Um, some of the scenes are a bit drawn out, I think, some of the dialogue and that, but it kind of needed to be there. And there are some cheesy moments, whereas the first film was completely relentless. It just, I mean, it's very low budget, as we've said, but... Yeah, this one kind of tries to bring a bit more of a human element, obviously, to the Terminator. And it, it does work, but some of the comedy moments are a bit cringy, let's be honest. But the action scenes are incredible. The effects were just absolutely mind-blowing back then, and they still look good now. Arnie is amazing. It's his perfect role, as we said last week. He's a fucking Terminator in real life, almost. Linda Hamilton's brilliant. Robert Patrick is sinister and a completely different Terminator but plays it really well Ed Furlong's quite annoying but he does his job and again you can't give it any less than five others, It's it's got to be a maximum score again, it's just an absolute classic and I really enjoyed watching it again last night I have to say No, no, fantastic yeah, he's, it's, it's just hard to say and you know, this movie is amazing I think where we said last week 
with the Terminator, like a younger audience, obviously not slagging them off or anything, but I think a younger audience would struggle to appreciate the Terminator yeah. watching it now. But I can guarantee, I think if anyone watched Terminator 2, it would not be as hard to appreciate. I'm sure everyone could watch this film and come away thinking, whether you want to get into the whole kind of, you know, philosophical side of AI intelligence and, you know, humans versus AI and all that side of things. If you just want to watch it as a fucking good action movie, you're not going to come away disappointed. It is really good. And it's quite long as well. I mean, the cut, the T-1000 cuts about um, two hours 30, I think, or roughly. Yeah, I think the one I watched last night, I don't even know what cut it was, but it's well over two hours, which, as we know, for me, is normally a no-go. But I managed to watch it all in one sitting. 137 minutes I've got here. Um, but, yeah, it's, I mean, I don't hate long films if they're good, and this is very, very good. So, yeah, excellent stuff. A pure classic. And, um, you know, it's not a film I watch, you know, regularly, but I certainly wouldn't say no if someone put it on, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. It's just one of those classics. Like, I don't really watch modern day TV, but as an example, if I was flicking through the channels and this movie was on, I'd be happy to sit there and watch it. And if someone recommended, no, I'll sit down and watch Terminator tonight, I'd be like, yeah, why not? I'll watch Terminator. Don't mind. Yeah, but let's be honest, this is where they should have finished. They shouldn't have made any of the sequels. But, you know, luckily, we're not going to review any of those, are we? Or certainly anytime soon. Probably never. No, I mean, it'd be, we'd have to really run out of ideas. And I'd rather <laughs> find out if, you know, Killer Condom's got a sequel. I'd rather review that than the rest of the Terminators. But <laughs> speaking of movies we are going to review, moving on to next week, we're going to stick with some all-time classics. And we're going to go with a back to Spielberg, funnily enough, um, with Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, um, back to Spielberg, as you say. It didn't take us long to go back to him. Um, yeah, it should be good. Um, but we'll see. Um, again, it's another... Wow, this is 40-odd years old, isn't it? Raiders of the Lost Ark. So yeah, we'll yeah, must see, be we'll see how that stood the test of time, shall we? Be interesting, I think. Looking forward to that one, Brad Rolf. Absolutely. So, as always, if you want to get in touch with us and let us know what you think of the show, or even recommend any movies you'd like to hear us review, um, then by all means get in touch on Twitter at the Hyperbaric Goats, and we aim to respond to everyone who reaches out. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. We hope you've enjoyed what you've heard. We do tend to bumble our way through things, but. <laughs> It's all in good fun. So thank you for joining us for another week. And this is Bread Rolls signing off. And from JT, I've just got one last thing to say. Hasta la vista, baby. Mm-hmm.